Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. Today provided the last major economic data before the election, and it gave the president some good news. Economic output this past quarter grew at the fastest pace on record since World War II, 7.4 percent. That's a sharp rebound from the record plunge of the previous quarter. But 23 million people are still receiving unemployment assistance. And one more data point. As the president and former Vice President Biden visit Midwestern states in these final days, a new analysis finds private job growth in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio was about half the national average during the past four years. David Lynch of The Washington Post is reporting on all of this, and he joins me now. David Lynch, welcome. So this news about economic growth on the surface sounds very good, 7.4% in the third quarter after being down 9% the previous quarter. But, but put it in context, how much of a bounce back is it? Well, the good news is it was a, a very strong quarter. Uh, but it came after a terrible quarter, of course, in the second quarter when the economy was put in a deep freeze uh, as we battled the pandemic. Uh, in context, we're, we've clawed back about two thirds of what we lost uh, since the pandemic hit. But this is still a deeply damaged economy that has a lot more healing to do. And uh, you were talking to us about the effect of a stimulus package. There was one in the spring. As we know, there has not been agreement uh, on another one just today. The Speaker uh, and the White House were trading uh, charges about who's, who's at fault. How much difference might it be making right now if there were another uh, economic aid package? Sure. Well, this is, this is the critical dimension. This, this is uh, one of the main engines that powered the strong growth in the third quarter, and it's petered out. Uh, and you don't have to take my word for it. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, Jerome Powell, and other Fed officials have been remarkably blunt in their public statements, saying that Congress and the administration need to do much more to keep the economy going. Uh, and since that stimulus is now gone, effectively, and it will be weeks, if not months, before there's a chance to cobble together a new package, the economy is going to have to fly on its own at the moment, and all engines are not uh, running. David Lynch, can you say in a nutshell what parts of the economy have come back and which are still struggling? Sure. There's been a, a major reallocation below the surface of the economy from services spending to goods. People are out there buying cars, buying homes, buying refrigerators. And they're using all the money, uh, in many cases, that they would have spent at restaurants, uh, at hotels, on airplane flights, uh, at theater performances, baseball games, all the things that people uh, don't feel safe doing with the pandemic uh, still prevalent and indeed spreading uncontrollably in, in many parts of the country. There, there's been this shift from services to goods. That's uh, causing uh, or coincident with a reallocation of labor as people who used to walk, work uh, behind the desk at a hotel or a 
a rental car counter at the airport, have been laid off and now must find other work. And that's why the labor market is still in so much trouble and will probably lag output as we continue to recover. And meantime, there is manufacturing. Uh, we remember very well President Trump early on after he was elected uh, said that he was going to uh, focus on uh, building up manufacturing in this country. He made promises about uh, keeping jobs uh, from going uh, out of the country. How has that worked out? Well, it's been something less than a complete success. Uh, the president did have uh, a good uh, performance in the first couple of years of his administration in terms of bringing back or at least growing some manufacturing jobs, almost 500,000 new jobs in the first couple of years. But that growth started to taper off in the middle of 2018 uh, and really was down to very little by late fall of last year, uh, even before the pandemic uh, hit and threw things into reverse. Um, and if you take the longer view uh, the country is still about 5 million manufacturing jobs below where it was in the year 2000 uh, before China joined the WTO, uh, for instance. And uh, the sort of broad repatriation of factory jobs that the president promised and that he continues to promise now if he has a second term uh, has yet to materialize. So bottom line, what about uh, the jobs that the president promised uh, he was going to keep in this country and specifically uh, companies like uh, the Carrier Corporation uh, in Indiana? Sure. Well, that was really the signature initiative of his first days as president-elect. You recall he leaned quite hard on the CEO of uh, Carrier's corporate parent at the time to try and keep uh, several hundred jobs in Indianapolis that uh, the company had earmarked to, to send to Mexico. And the president did have a, a limited uh, success there. Uh, he was able to get the company to uh, agree to keep about 800 jobs there. Uh, but uh, another 1,300 carrier jobs moved offshore uh, soon after. More broadly, other companies in Indiana uh, of course, have continued with their own uh, reallocation of, of labor, sending jobs to places like Mexico, China, uh, and India. Uh, so even if it's not continuing with the same uh, steady flood that we saw uh, in the first years of the 21st century, uh, it does continue. And it continues because uh, companies are responding to more than just presidential exhortation and the bully pulpit. They've got to make the bottom line work. Uh, and until uh, factors like worker training and education and uh, the like are, are dealt with in a more comprehensive way, uh, the logic still drives them uh, to other places. Complicated picture and uh, very tough for people who work uh, for those companies in that, uh, in that sector. David Lynch of The Washington Post, we thank you very much. You know, first ladies usually have a cause. And you've already said you're interested in speaking out against bullying on social media. I think it's very important because a lot of uh, children and teenagers are getting hurt and we need to teach them how to talk to each other, how to treat each other and uh, to, to be able to connect with each other on the right way. It's an ironic choice since her own husband sent out a stream of pretty nasty tweets during the campaign. Three civil rights groups have filed a federal lawsuit challenging a recent Trump administration executive order. The order bans certain types of diversity training in the workplace, which the president has railed against, calling it anti-American propaganda. He brought this up at the first presidential debate. 
They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place. It's a racist place. And they were teaching people to hate our country. So with the order currently passed, government agencies and contractors are scrambling to figure out how to comply. Here's NPR's Melissa Block. When Michelle Kim heard about the president's executive order titled Combating Race and Sex Stereotyping. My first immediate thought was, here we go. Kim is co-founder of the company Awaken, which provides workshops on diversity, equity, and inclusion to businesses. And it didn't take long before she heard from a client. I got an email. Let me pull it up. Um, And it said, we request you review your materials and talking points to ensure they do not imply any of the following concepts. Concepts, including the term white privilege, which the Trump administration has singled out as potentially problematic, along with systemic racism, unconscious bias, intersectionality, and critical race theory. The executive order states they're all part of a, quote, destructive ideology that threatens to infect core institutions of our country. Somehow we've gotten to a place where we believe fighting against racism is anti-patriotic. That's where we are as a society, and that's a really scary place to be. Michelle Kim managed to assuage her clients' concerns, but Joelle Emerson wasn't so lucky. Her company, Paradigm, lost a client, a government contractor that put all of its diversity training on hold. Under the executive order, contracts can be canceled and funding pulled if companies don't comply. Emerson says when that order first came out, I didn't believe that any of our clients would be phased by this. I was like, this is clearly propaganda. It's fascist propaganda. It's a dog whistle to Trump's base. And organizations that care about diversity, equity, and inclusion are going to be just as offended by this order as we are. And I was wrong. The new policy has had widespread and immediate effects. Government agencies, including the Departments of State, Justice, and Veterans Affairs, have all suspended their diversity training programs to review their content. Universities that receive federal funding have done the same, out of fear they could jeopardize their government grants. It's been a rough few weeks. (laughs) There's not enough hours in the day. Chris Gokturk has been fielding a flood of calls from companies with government contracts. She's with the employment law firm Littler Mendelssohn, helping businesses with affirmative action and diversity programs, and they've had a lot of questions. The most common thing is, should we stop all of our diversity training? Should we just stop? And at first, I said, no, you vetted your training, you always review it and everything else. And then the hotline went up. A government hotline, phone and email, where people are encouraged to send complaints about diversity training they find offensive for possible investigation. The hotline has received more than 140 responses in the five weeks it's been up. Stanford sociology professor Shelley Carell is appalled. This is asking Americans to be surveilling other Americans. And this is, you know, this is, it's chilling. It's absolutely chilling. Carell studies gender and organizational diversity. She fears that chilling effect could extend beyond what's laid out in the executive order and threaten free speech in academia. There is a lot of worry that this is just step one and that this is going to lead to restrictions in terms of what we teach um, in the classroom. The executive order specifies that divisive concepts can be discussed in an academic setting if it's done objectively and without endorsement. 
Of course, if Joe Biden were to take office in January, he could undo the order with the stroke of a pen. His campaign declined to answer if Biden would rescind this order, but said he intends to tackle all forms of systemic racism. Melissa Block, NPR News. The way we work has changed dramatically this year. Because of the pandemic, roughly 33% of us are now working from home. That's up from just 7% in 2019. And this shift to a virtual workplace has presented plenty of logistical challenges. It's also created a new environment for workplace harassment. Last week, New Yorker writer Jeffrey Tubin was suspended after exposing himself while masturbating on a Zoom call with coworkers, including some of our own colleagues here at New York Public Radio. Incidents like that raise questions about whether employers are prepared to protect their workers from harassment in digital spaces like Zoom and Slack. Joining me now is Sharon Vinnick, a partner at the Levy Vinnick Burrell Hyams Law Firm in Oakland, California. Sharon, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. The Jeffrey Tubin incident is relatively extreme when we think about examples of harassment, but what else can digital workplace harassment look like? Well, since people are sitting in their home, we have all kinds of things that can happen. You can have a spouse who walks by without um, a shirt on. You can have items on someone's wall behind them or on their desk that would be inappropriate in the workspace. Um, And then, of course, you have the extreme incidents like the Tubin incident that you just talked about. Now, how much control, I mean, should someone be able to or or can someone have about those examples that you just laid out? For example, you know, if someone walks past the, the back, the behind you on Zoom and they don't have a shirt on, is that the fault of the person who's on the call or is that just something that happens to happen because we're in this work from home world that's new to all of us? That's the fault of the person who's on the call. The same type of laws and rules and regulations that apply in uh, an actual workplace apply to the virtual workplace. And lots of companies already have policies that cover these sorts of issues. And they apply to this new world that we're living in? Yes, they do apply to this world that we're living in because you're still at work and you're still exposing your colleagues to the same type of conduct. Any conduct that would be illegal in the workplace is illegal in the remote workplace because the key here is it's still a workplace. Now, in the case of Jeffrey Tubin, he says that he thought he had turned his camera off on that Zoom call. Lots of, you know, I wasn't there. But do excuses like that make it easier for people um, who are committing misconduct to sort of get off the hook? Well, it certainly didn't make it easier for Tubin. He was suspended. Um, if I was advising an employee, and keep in mind that I, I advise employees, not employers. If I was advising an employee, I would tell them that they could have a claim based on that. And I think employers would be quite concerned. How would that work, though, Susan? Um, the way that it would work is that there would be a complaint made by somebody else that was on the call. There would be an investigation and then there would be action taken in the same way that it would happen in the actual workplace. So if something, how do people approach uh, handling harassment and misconduct when it happens virtually? I mean, in, in a, a traditional office setting, you would make, a, I guess, make an appointment with your human resources uh, representative to talk about this or talk to your boss in a closed door meeting, maybe. How do you do that now? You would do exactly the same thing. Presumably, you would send an email or a Slack message, depending upon how you communicate to either your boss or the HR person, and then you would make a complaint the same way you would do it if you were sitting in someone's office with the door closed. 
From a legal standpoint, is it harder for a plaintiff to make their case when harassment is occurring online rather than in person? I think in some cases it could be significantly easier to make a complaint. Depends upon the nature of the harassment. If it's an email or a Slack message, you actually have documentary evidence that it happened. If it's in a Zoom meeting where there are multiple people on the call, um, there would be witnesses to what happened. And that's very different than what often happens in the workplace setting where it's just one-on-one harassment. If it is just a meeting between you and the harasser, it would be exactly the same as if it happened in the um, physical office. Now, we're talking often about um, like the, some of the examples we gave are people in their own homes and what people, their co- colleagues might witness through their Zoom. But what about in, among colleagues on Zoom um, calls or in Slack? Like, how does harassment play out there? Like, what happened with Jeffrey Tubin? That would be exactly the same as if it were in the office. If you were, for example, in a uh, a meeting and you pulled out your penis, that would obviously not be appropriate. It's not appropriate to do it during a Zoom call either. Wondering whether or not companies are updating their codes of conduct to include more specific language around things like Zoom and Slack. Well, I've spoken with some of my colleagues on the defense side of the bar, and it really depends upon what the existing policies said. Most existing policies already talk about email and electronic communications, but certainly I would think in the last week, companies would be quick to add Zoom and Slack as the um, ever-evolving landscape has indicated that people need to be reminded that that's the same as sitting in the office. We are, of course, in unprecedented times, to use a word that we've been using an unprecedented amount of times, quite frankly, but... Uh, We are also in the middle of an economic downturn. Lots of people have lost their jobs as a result of this pandemic. And I would imagine that people might, uh, including one of our listeners who said um, that they uh, sort of deal with this in the same way virtually that they dealt with it in the before times, says, you know, quote, the same way as in person, laugh it off, hope it doesn't happen again. Are you hearing more people who are saying, you know, I think something weird happened. I don't really want to bring it up. I'm scared to lose my job. You know, I've been practicing law for quite some time, and I think that these downtimes are just like any other downtimes. When somebody's been harassed, um, whether it's sexual or racial harassment, and they still have their job, they're generally reluctant to complain. Where they've been harassed and then they're terminated for some unrelated reason or they're terminated because they complained about the harassment, um, they're more likely to go forward because finding a new job is very difficult. Are there other ways that employers can be proactive about protecting employees from harassment in the work from home environment um, where in some instances, sure, there may be other folks who are on that same Zoom call, but in other instances, it could be just a one on one interaction? Well, I think that employers are probably going to make sure that they continue whatever legally mandated training there is. Here in California, we have all kinds of laws that require that people have semi-annual training. I think that um, employers are probably going to be proactive about reminding people that their obligations um, regarding non-harassment and no discrimination continue even if you're in a virtual setting. And should is there anything specific that people should be paying attention to about their own behavior? 
Yeah, I think that when you're um, sitting at your desk, um, whether it's remote or actual, you should look around and see what's behind you and that you should try to treat your home office the same way you treat your office um, in a building there that you get dressed up and fancy and go to work every single day. Even if some people are working from their kitchen tables. Correct. And lots of people are working from their kitchen table, but better to work from your kitchen table than sitting in your bed. You heard it here from Sharon Vinnick, partner at Levy, Vinnick, Burrell and Hyams in Oakland, California. Sharon, thanks so much for joining with me. My pleasure. Thank you. Context of white supremacy. You have to excuse me. I had to zip my pants up. Woof. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade. And for another broadcast. Hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. I did not recover from Jeremy Tubin. Man, and they said he got suspended. Did you hear that? I almost got you almost gotta give me thirty seconds to get a timeout. I thought I made an assumption that you know what they say, you make an assumption. I made an assumption. Woo, boys and girls. I thought I had been diligent, right? I got my computer corrected and got my spiffy Wi-Fi in my residence. Loving it. Get ready for the elections. We can do our cows election night broadcast. I just read an LA Times report. I posted it online. They were talking about this subject matter. Exactly. Okay. I have it pulled up and everything. Digital hygiene in the Zoom era. I thought... I'm on it. I don't need to listen to this in advance. I'll just listen to it with the folks and we'll be ready to roll. Jeffrey Tubin is not in the New York. Oh, it is. My bad. My bad. My bad. (laughs) My bad. They just didn't give as much detail. They mentioned Jeffrey Tubin, but they did not say he got caught masturbating on camera in the Zoom conference. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not prepared at all. Like, time out one I said repeatedly that's all we did this year get on the zoom conference penis it is time for penises I have no idea where that fits in connecting the dots got to show off my penis I've been waiting for the Rona so that we could all get on the camera I can show my penis I can draw penises call a few niggers out but penises that's been 2020. Jeffrey, and he didn't get fired. He got suspended. Come on. Anybody, Bill Cosby, anybody, any black male in the known universe, Kanye West, Ice Cube. Do we have any black male in the universe that you think President Obama, they could pull out their penis and masturbate on a Zoom conference in front of their coworkers and not be fired? How is that not a crime? Isn't it? The New York Times is the lamest publication. Oh, my God. I've been saying that just about their Trump bashing every day. They got to put out something bad about my president. And now you can't even fire Jeffrey Tubin. And you got the audacity to turn around and talk bad about my president. FOMO years. And I'm not getting down with the New York Times anymore. They can't even fire Jeffrey Tubin. What in the world? Getting it together. I was not prepared. Getting it together. Workplace racism is trying to do the way we normally do. So today is Friday, October 30th, 2020. 
they fire people for less man you get fired for stealing the stapler on the job like what oh my god today is friday october 30th 2020 if anything i don't need to hear nothing else i don't need to read the paper no more i certainly don't really need to read the new york times it's four more years how do you not get come on should have took my 30 seconds to get it together or should have listened to that report so i would not have been stunned at what we were going to be talking about wow this is neutralizing workplace racism if any of you all have had to deal with that type of sexual assault in a zoom conference man speed dial (laughs) did they fire the person on your job if they engaged in that activity or did they just get suspended too you get a week suspension and then you will be back next week make sure you have your pants zipped up jeff come on Woo! we will try and get through uh, if we have any suggestions um, that might be a good question to ask on your job like if you, if you engaged in sexually inappropriate conduct is that a suspension like uh, do you terminate people if they engaged in sexually inappropriate conduct we all just get a suspension you have to do that maybe you have to be a repeat offender as they say before you actually get a pink slip terminated for that type of thing man Uh, the reports that we heard at the beginning before we got to Mr. Tubin they talked about differences in labor where people are shopping and who's working more who's not working as much right now since we're not doing planes and Airbnb and all the rest of it goods and services okay they gave the middle update speaking of our president about anti-racism training in the workplace now I did have quite a few notes before I kind of lost everything with Mr. Tubin. Uh they said you talked about this a few uh, weeks back I know myself Thomas in New York were very excited this means hopefully Peggy McIntosh Timothy Wise uh, admitted racist Robin D'Angelo that whole crew Jane Elliott Hopefully all of them will be fired. That'll be the greatest day ever. See all of them out on the welfare line. Bumming quarters. We'll discuss white privilege for a bologna sandwich. That'll be the best thing ever. So he was talking about this a few weeks ago. And now they said, oh, might be, you know, the shock waves are starting. They're calling and telling us to make sure we review our material. Can't have, they said, intersectionality. White privilege systemic racism I recommend not using those words either so I don't have a problem I didn't hear anybody say system of white supremacy that would be accurate I didn't hear white supremacy either accurate y'all aren't even talking I don't even know what you're talking about so I'm I'm with my president on that but we need to trash all of that because you're not even serious about addressing the problem I don't know what intersectionality is and I agree it's dangerous for the company talking about nonsense intersectionality white privilege what is that even systemic racism, because we talked about that one before. It's a difference between systemic racism, system of white supremacy. You're talking about two different things. So I'm with them all the way. You can trash all of that. Have Jane Elliott. I don't like I said, out on the curb. It's gonna be a rough 2021. They canceled all that, but good, good, good. Uh they said, I'm going to see if we can even talk to some of those folks, Joe Emerson and some of the folks whining, saying that they lost business. 
Can't even go in there and talk about any of these things now. Can't even solve the problem now. They weren't interested in doing that to begin with. Now back to Jeffrey Tubin. Now before the Rona, we would spend a whole lot of time talking about unwanted touching all the way around. Males, females, everybody. We spend a whole lot of time talking about that. Flirting, dating, that Jeffrey Tubin thing is why. That is a major reason why you have to have a sex code before the job even starts. Said that consistently. Said if you're an attempted parent, you got to talk about uh, racism, sexual abuse. Those are have tos. Got to do that. You have children that are getting to the age where they might be going on to the workforce. There are Jeffrey Tubins awaiting. So this is a conversation you have to have. Retired firefighter said that even there ended up white male putting a penis on another black male's head in the fire department. Maybe Jeffrey Tubin's cousin. We don't know. This is widespread. So you can't go into your work environment, whatever it is. You can't go into it thinking everybody is going to behave on the Zoom call. Everybody will have their pants on. No one will be engaging in sexually lewd acts during the conference. We'll just sit here and we'll be talking about our 2021 budget. New chairs for the office. Maybe that's what we're going to be talking about. Not Whoa, was there a penis hopping up on the screen? Might be a good idea because we have Cal's listeners who are in the Zoom calls, right? Some of our folks who are working from home and having to do some of the telecommuting and all that. Hey, might be a good idea to have your screen recorded as soon as the Zoom conference begins. We had some of our listeners who did that. And unfortunately, it was needed because they were attacked during the Zoom call. Someone coming on, nigger this, nigger that. Maybe they didn't get to the penises, but they got the nigger part out might be a good idea to just go ahead and record if you don't know how to do that uh, uh, depending on how old your computer is if you have a computer that was probably made anytime in the last 10 to 15 years I would say you can record your screen and I think they have apps and what have you that you can download if your computer cannot do that they have apps and what have you it is not difficult that's something that you should be able to watch like a YouTube video Uh, five minutes or so and you should be ready to roll but if you're doing any conferencing online while if you're working from home anything like that record before it starts that way any of this is caught I would man either ask questions look at the policy and procedure do they have a policy about decorum how you're supposed to behave because we have had folks talk about people getting spicy in the chat room they kept their pants up and everything but they just get in the chat room and, you know, are rude and all the rest of it. So do they have policy about how we're supposed to talk, interact with each other? Is it we can just curse and all the rest like we're at home, we're not on work. Are we supposed to be professional even as we chat amongst each other online? Are you supposed to what are you supposed to wear? Is there a, a lax dress code if we're working from home and we have to get on the Zoom conference? So do we have to pretend we're still in the office and have a tie, a suit on, all the rest of it? Uh, do you have to have on clothes? All of that uh, is look at the policy and procedure. Has that been addressed? And now seven months in, if people have been zooming and all the rest, an addendum, has that been done? And if not, then man, I might have to go ahead and ask questions. Be proactive. Did you hear about Jeffrey Tubin? We're doing Zoom conferences. I have offspring. I would be mortified if my seven-year-old walked by and Tubin's penis popped up on my screen. Can we go ahead and address that and make sure everybody's being professional in the workplace? question I would ask maybe incidentally 
we will be having uh, extra workplace racism segment this week. So we're having the broadcast today per usual. We will have a white guest with us on the program. White guests only. White guests only. White guest on the program Monday. Uh, Patricia Sayas, uh, doctor, excuse me, Patricia Sayas. She is in the L.A. Times report excuse me, New York Times, they had a bunch of them uh, all talking about workplace racism, but she was one of the folks that they talked to uh, about the workplace, and that's what she does work on at the University of Arizona. Uh, Friends in the workplace, non-white people having difficulty making friends in the workplace. I gave her a long list of things that we would like to talk about. Gossiping, bullying in the workplace, politics in the workplace, unwanted touching, Jeffrey Tubin, long list uh, of things that we would normally address. So she will be here on Monday. We should take advantage and ask about the uh, diversity training as well and the election, because I've said consistently we should not be talking about that in the workplace. Somebody wants to ask you who you're voting for, what you think about all this. Did you do an absentee ballot, blah, blah, blah. I don't discuss politics in the workplace back to whatever the job is the task at hand but all of that we will discuss on monday if you have problems in the workplace or if you just like to ask someone who studies this type of thing often ask and see what she has to say dr patricia sias she'll be here on monday day before the election we'll chat it up see what she has to say jeffrey Tubin not even fired come on come on that is monday more workplace racism So the number, if you have thoughts to dial, suggestions, 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 720-716-7300, the code Five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Email until justice at gmail dot com. If you're not able to dial in or concerned about uh, your anonymity, until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail dot com. Uh, If you have any suggestions uh, or if you have problems, if you have thoughts to share on what's being discussed, feel free to write in and we will get you on the air. I can read your commentary anonymously. Uh, Let's see. We had one person who I actually spoke with before we went live all about workplace racism. I'll make sure to get in their commentary uh, as well. But again, we'll be here on uh, Monday, normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific white guest for workplace racism uh, the person that I spoke with live uh, before we got on the air <coughs> they were addressing workplace racism and they were saying they're taking class right now uh, in school uh, much like our Emmy pursuing uh, med school and she was saying they were taking this class and they addressed Uh, racism, diversity, multiculturalism, all those, you know, corny words. And she said that nobody was really talking and it was, you know, a little bit 
mildly surprising, I guess, given everything that's happening and the protests across the land and everything. But I think she says she's the only black person in the class, mostly white people, of course. Uh, but they weren't too chatty, you know, time to talk about intersectionality and all the rest. They didn't have a whole lot to say. So she said she normally would speak up and talk in class, tries to have some black self-respect. And she spoke up, you know, when they were talking about the cultural issues and things. And she was saying that one, there was a non-white, non-black student who approached her and said, man, I think, you know, this class might have some some components of racism to it. You know, it seems like the the teacher doesn't really respond to you with the same sort of enthusiasm and encouragement as she does to other students in class. And I don't know, it just, it seems like it could be racism. You know, the way that she talks to the white students just seems different from the way that she talks to you. So they talk for a bit. Then listener, she tells me that <clears throat> one of her white students, co-students in the class uh, says, I guess they, they take these exams, you get graded, right? Moving through. So, uh, our listener, black female, she got her report. We'll say she got an 88. This white woman gets her report back and she gets like a 75, something significantly lower. And so the white woman, uh, eventually she comes up and talks to this victim and says, you know, we're both moms. This is so hard. It's been such a tough year. We have to work so hard. We're in this together. You know, it's all right if you go ahead and get a 70 on the next one. You don't have to work so hard. Don't feel like you got to strive and bust the curve and work so hard just to get one of those big 80s and get an A on it. No, 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 no. You, it's all right. You can get a 70 next time. <laughs> well, the victim was just like, huh, that's I don't I don't really want a 70. I like, you know, doing well in the class. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm the smartest person ever, but I like to be competent. I take my study seriously. I don't I don't want a 70. I'm going to study hard and see if I can do well. So we're we're talking about all this. And I number one, uh, I go back to one of the concepts that we talked about frequently. The envy in the system of racism, white supremacy, white people are not interested in seeing black people do well. I think that's a hard concept for many of us, myself included, to like grasp, to accept, Uh, because I think a lot of times we get trained. We think, oh, they think we're stupid and we don't know anything. If I showed them, then they'll say, oh, that was wrong. And, you know, the niggers aren't stupid. No, that's not it at all. You're a coon. We've done everything that we can to make sure that you don't have information. We're not trying to see how smart you are. You coming in here and showing us how smart and intelligent you are. Now I got to feel like I'm lesser. or I'm, I'm, I'm a dunce in comparison to some coon. Get out of here. You're not even supposed to be here. I'm even allow you to take a class like that. Four more years for sure. I'm going to vote for Donald. He's working to keep niggers like you from being in this school. That's what we have in the workplace. They're not interested in seeing, oh, he's a great member of the team. She's so smart. She's so intelligent. We can learn so much from her. That's not how they think. That's not that. That's not how they treat any of us. Maybe you can be loved and have some who might compliment you and pronounce your name correctly. But generally, that is not the case. Uh, Just because you are an intelligent, competent black person, you studied well in a serious like, what can we do to mess them over? What can we what can we do to sabotage them? That's 
generally what a lot of folks have reported. That was the first thing. <clears throat> Next, now, specifically with the school context, but this is applicable in really any workplace setting. There are studies. This is not, you know, Gusty just pontificating, giving my views. White people have done studies where they show black people, white people, they go in to take a standardized test of some sort. <clears throat> you don't give any cues. You don't say anything special. People will go in, perform no noticeable difference. You go in and start doing things to give them cues. Oh, we need all the Negros. Could all the everyone who's a Negro, could you stand, please? Just little things like that. You start to see a difference in scores where the Negros don't do as well. Like, uh oh, I'm a Negro. They say the Negros don't do well on these tests. Uh oh, that type. Of, that's a whole lot of racism components, but just those type of things. And I've seen many of them. They have another one. We had some listeners who talked about for some jobs, she might be required to get a physical uh, each year or something. Make sure that you don't have <clears throat> excess body weight, high blood pressure, that type of thing. Some jobs you might have to have a little bit more physical endurance uh, to perform the tasks. Uh, and so if you don't pass that physical, it might jeopardize your employment. We had at least one listener uh, report. It seemed they were doing things to agitate the black person. Like, oh, you can't sit right there. Oh, you don't have your paperwork. What's that? What are you doing? And then they call you in. Okay, then let's do your blood check. And then, oh my goodness, it looks like you have high blood pressure, hypertension and all of it. Might even have a teaspoon of the Rona. Where <laughs> they do things to rile you up. And that's another one where I think it seemed like this might be a widespread thing uh, that they do to black people. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Medical apartheid. We read about that. <clears throat> so all that to say, <clears throat> I would be mindful if you are in an academic setting, grad school, med school, whatever it is, I, kindergarten, <laughs> whatever it is, I would be mindful. Um, if you are doing well, you don't even have to necessarily be the smartest person in class. Just you are there. You're a victim of racism. You're taking your studies seriously. You take your job seriously. Don't think for a second that's going to uh, do, or don't be surprised if just that alone is enough to upset some of the racists in your class on your job. We've run into a lot of examples of that and just try not to be surprised about that sort of thing. Black self-respect, I think just having an understanding of racism, white supremacy, I'm going to be competent. I'm going to do my best, even though I understand I am in a classroom full of wolves and racists. They don't have my best interest at heart. I'm with a professor. She doesn't want me to have constructive information. She doesn't want to see me succeed. Not the way she does these other little racists in the class that I'm with. Having that understanding and I am going to do my best. Uh, I'm going to do the best to my abilities as given by the creator. I'm going to exercise black self-respect every time it's an exam or a test or whatever it is. See if I can get the highest mark, get that piece of paper and get out of here. Now, one other component of this was <clears throat> this victim. She was saying, is it black self-respect? I feel like it's black self-respect when it's class time, you know, to speak up and, and to be competent. You know, I know the material. I take class seriously. So I want to show, hey, I'm a smart black person. I don't see anything wrong with speaking up in class. Uh, I've talked to folks and they say, hey, be a star in class. If you're there, you studied, you're competent, you know, the material show out in class. However, I would not have that. You know, don't think that just because you're here, you're knowledgeable, you speak up in biochem every day. Don't think that, you know, they're going to see you as some, oh, wow. You know, 
Rashida is, is just the most competent biochem student I've ever seen. Wow, she reminds me of Michelle Obama. No, <laughs> not at all. You are a nigra. That is that. In fact, it might even upset them further. Not saying not to do it. Not saying not to speak up or, or to uh, <clears throat> resist the urge to respond to questions and things. Just saying that's not the sort of thing, generally speaking, that's going to curry favor with your white classmates and or your white professor. I think even Emmy and some of the other folks said it seemed like it rankled them. It seemed like it bothered them. And particularly if you happen to be a younger black person, virile, in shape, look like you don't sit around and eat Cheetos all day long. So you're still, you know, in your creative, procreative years, like, oh man, <laughs> like if, if it is a black female, white woman dynamic, oh man, we've heard tons of that with the envy barely caged envy and resentment what are you doing here can we get her out of here let's scratch her get a razor (laughs) like that so we've heard that from tons of folks repeatedly over the years same thing for black males so again i'm not saying not to respond if other folks have you know thoughts to share feel free but just saying that sort of thing generally motivates a great degree of racism hostility and naked white envy that's what we're dealing with don't be surprised just expect it and continue being competent and i would say i would not speak up if it's this is our week that we're going to talk about jane elliott and you know multiculturalism and all that that would be the week that i am mute i don't have anything to say about anything and if that's the time that they decide oh my goodness gus wow we would just love to hear what you have to you know we're just so ignorant white people are just as dumb as can be about this one can you please share a little bit of your your nigritude experience with us oh I I don't know anything about that I I just came to learn from you all I'm so intrigued by this subject matter surely you all have some thoughts to share about your time in whatever it is if this is biochem or medicine or whatever we're discussing it would be some version of that I don't have any and in fact that might be wordy it might just be no thank you if I could think of a question I would ask but it would not be ever I wouldn't care if it's graded whatever it is this is the week to talk about diversity I am mum for the entire week that is questions only I'm taking notes intently and I mean Woo, I'm listening to every word, writing it down. Boom, boom, boom. Fingers are flying across the keyboard, tablet, whatever it is. But oh, yeah, I'm taking notes, but I do not have a word. Not how does my man, Dr. Cornell, was it? I don't have a mumbling word to say. I'm in strict listening mode. Maybe a question. That's it. Anyway, like I said, if we have students, if you figured out a code in terms of, you know, this is about how much I'm going to talk in the class. This is what I'll say. If you've noticed that same pattern, you're competent in a grad school class, that type of thing. And it just really, you know, gets the ire of your white classmates. You can feel free to share if you have a better code for navigating uh, that type of environment. The number again is 720-716-7300. The code Five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, suggestions, I reckon to share there. If you have thoughts on your own workplace uh, situation, 
Lord, if we have folks in the in the Zoom situation, if the policy and procedure, if Jeffrey Tubin would still be allowed to work at your job, he would just get suspended or have to do, uh, I don't know, sensitivity training for, you know, appropriate conduct on the, the Zoom meetings. <laughs> you can let us know there, too. Uh, but we'll get to some of the folks on the phone lines. Check the emails as well. Folks who dialed in if you have your own situation to share or comment commentary on what's been discussed thus far line should be open proceed hey guys how you doing it's Carla from new jersey yes sir hey okay um you know i just wanted to get you guys opinion um you know so i got the uh i got the trucking business up running so you know i have the truck running uh i have a partner he's he's driving a truck and I'm still working. So um, something happened uh, today. Well, yesterday. Um, just, you know, just just uh, I was just on the phone. I was on the phone with my immediate supervisor for like 30 minutes, and it it was just, you know, it was just weird. You know, the conversation, and I don't even know how we veered towards politics. I wasn't talking about politics, but he just started talking about the election and just how, um, you know, he's just, you know, just so just shocked by, you know, family members and friends and some of their views under uh, this four years and this coming election of uh, Donald Trump. You know, I, you know, I didn't interject. I, I just, I just kind of listened. Um, you know, and it, it was just, you know, it was just real interesting. You know, again, like I said, this is like my immediate supervisor. And also, um, I think I may have broken a code because in that conversation, he also brought to my attention that he was aware that I was attempting to start my own business. And he, you know, he let me know how, you know, oh, yeah, let me know how anything that I needed, he'll help me. But also, am I sure, you know, that's what I want to do. It's rough out there doing um, this uh, pandemic. And he was just saying how much he'll hate, you know, for me to go. And, you know, he wished there was more employees like me. He's not the only employer that I had that said this. And I really never knew how to take that. It was always to the extent I wish they made more of you. So, you know, that 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 just, I, I, don't, I don't know. It just never, that, that comment never sat well with me from uh, both places of employment when somebody said that. I'm like, okay, you know, I might, you know, I might be classified as a coon. I might be doing some cooning in here to make, you know, white men, um, you know, praise my, you know, my, uh, you know, my work. But um, I just wanted you guys to know, you know, me being on the phone with my supervisor for 30 plus minutes talking about politics. Well, he was mainly talking about politics and I listened. And the fact that he, um, word got back to him that I was attempting to start uh, my business. And, you know, reluctantly, I was paired up with another driver. So at the time I would have to take phone calls around this particular driver, black, black mess. So, you know, unless outside of me getting outside of the truck, 
I would have to basically conversate with the trucking company, the leasing company when I had issues with IRS. I would sometimes have to take that call. And I also committed a no-no because there are there is a co-worker that follows me on social media, and I was kind of celebratory on social media, and I posted the truck once I lettered the truck and, you know, put my uh, business name on the truck. So I just, you know, from you guys or the callers, um, just, you know, do, do y'all find anything incorrect on uh, me that I, that I reveal too much? I really don't, right now, I'm to the point where if the job was to let me go or they was to lay me off, I'm, you know, I, I really don't care. But I do want to leave this job when I get my second truck, so I do want to leave the job on my own terms. Um, I'll, I'll pause. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. You've been talking about trying to get your trucking business together being an entrepreneur and the delay with the paperwork, they can blame that on the Rona racism, pick your R. Um, but congratulations. That's, that's awesome. And yeah, continue to give us an update. hope that works super well and allows for you to minimize some of the terrorism you have to experience on a daily basis. Um, we're all still learning. I'm still learning. So I, uh, I guess I wouldn't articulate it as uh, that you did anything wrong per se. I guess it would just, I guess I'd say it, it would be another illustration of it's really difficult to have secrets in a system of white supremacy. That's one. Mr. Fuller talks about that all the time. White people are not ignorant uh, about racism. And generally speaking, they're not ignorant about their niggers. Uh They study us very well. Uh, that's why they got surveillance Alexa, all the CCTV and all the rest of it is for us. They study the Negro. We talked about that for eons all the way back. Edward Baptist, the half has never been told the plantation is all about surveillance. So no surprise really uh, that, you know, he knows, Oh yes, got your trucking business started. That's awesome. Um, The social media component of it. Now we have talked about that like explicitly. And I mean, to the letter, to the apostrophe, <laughs> we have talked about, uh, you know, hey, if you're going to be on social media, might be best not to be there at all. But if you're going to be there, man, it might be that some of your non-white coworkers, it could be a black coworker with two black parents four black grandparents sees, oh, he's celebrating, calling New Jersey. Congratulations. He got his truck. Boop, and they share. Now, it might be that your coworker could be a black, let's say again, black male, four black grandparents, been hanging out here for a long time. Uh, he is confused about racism. He and Rick, who is white and also works on your job, they are friends. And he takes a screenshot. Hey, look at this. He got his truck in this great man. We could throw him a party. Whatever. Rick doesn't care. You are a coon to Rick. Like, what? This coon did what? Let me screenshot and there you that's all it takes so it might not even be that you necessarily did anything wrong it's just that social media stuff like (sighs) worldwide means just that worldwide like man um so i guess that's just a reminder i reckon that more of us can take like if you if you are on social media 
just be mindful, you know, about what you post and or remember, now, do I have people that I work with who are my friends on this platform? And if so, I'm cool. Whatever I post, if they take a screenshot and go show this to my boss, I'm cool with that. Matter of fact, they take my whole Facebook account <laughs> and give it. I'm cool with that. Like, eh. I would recommend not being friends with anybody you work with, even a non-white person. In fact, that might be reason enough to delete my whole account. If I work with somebody and find out like, oh, my Lord, <laughs> like we are friends. I just take Mr. Full, like me and Mr. Full, let's say me and Mr. Full are friends on Facebook. Ha ha. So we're friends there. And now we both end up working at the piggy wig. Like what fuller are you working on? Our- oh, my Lord, <laughs> like man, delete account right now because it's just you don't know you could share exactly what like it could have happened there you share something on facebook and whammo they share the same thing or maybe they don't even share it they just see it and they're having lunch with rick the next day they're swapping cheetos and oh did you hear gussie's gonna start a trucking business what and rick in his head is like, what that coon is doing what oh my god wait till i get back and outwardly he might just be oh give me some more Cheetos really he's starting a trucking business wow I always thought he was so had such an entrepreneurial spirit wow that's so amazing good for him wow we should throw him a party give me more Cheetos the whole time he's just calculating oh my god this coon did what wait till I get back into that sort of thing happens what did I just say envy we're not in a democracy or whatever else they want to talk about naked racist envy like oh my god that is one of the most destructive forces in the known universe particularly on a job so all that to say I don't think you did anything wrong just man white people practicing racism like uh, congratulations congratulations but just a reminder that social media stuff can really get out of hand uh, in terms of people can end up seeing it or using that information from there in ways that you would not want uh the other component in terms of you didn't know how to you didn't know how to process when this white man is saying oh my goodness and you're, you're super right he's taught like man you are just the most amazing coon I mean employee that we've ever had and wow I wish there were more of you and that particularly that type of language I wish there were more of you that kind of reminds me I know Dr. Welsing she talked about a uh, similar dialogue she had some white person I think it was like a white colleague white teacher whatever they were having a meeting dinner whatever and she said uh, that some of the you're not like the others and Dr. Welsing said she gave her the halt. Don't you ever say that again. <laughs> and then continue black self-respect to the nth degree. You don't have to say that, but I definitely think in your brain computer, you are processing like, oh yeah, at, at best, I'm a special type of nigger to you at best. If not out and out, wait until he hangs up the phone. Can you believe this coon? Oh my God, I'm going to get my Trump ballot filled out so I can boom, get that out. And then we are going to sabotage that. Could you come in here in the middle of the road and think he's going to go in business for himself? <laughs> Take what we we taught that. That's what you should expect. If it's not that, if they really do something like anything that we can do to assist you and help your business prosper, if that's true, you can be pleasantly surprised. 
but then we're in a system of white supremacy racism so I would be stunned if that type of thing happens a white person bending over backwards to help a black entrepreneur uh, let's see did other folks have thoughts our caller in uh, New Jersey I, like I said I don't think he did anything wrong per se uh, it's hard I mean it's hard <laughs> like, uh, unless everybody everybody want to delete their social media account right now that I guess could maybe solve them and even then you still don't know like cause if you just told somebody or what have you but I mean yeah we'll see if other folks any uh, thoughts suggestions our caller in New Jersey hi Gus be in Toronto. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Greetings to you, callers and listeners. I just literally got on um, to your program, so I, I unfortunately don't have um, uh, information, and I, don't, I would have to check the archives. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't have anything to add uh, with respect to callers from New Jersey uh, at this time. Uh, however, um, I did want to report some of the things that I have been noticing were happening uh, at my place of work, um, and as well as just other ideas uh, that callers um, and listeners and yourself might consider as well. Um, Hold on in one terms second. Of, uh, Can we sure. just pause to make sure we didn't have any tips for our caller in New Jersey and then we can pivot right north of the border and, and yes, give us all of the tips. Um, just give us one second, be in Toronto. Any of the folks that had a hand up, did we have any suggestions for our caller in New Jersey uh, who was saying he's got his own business started, celebrate a little bit, posting on social media, which may have had nothing to do. The white man may have already known. Well, I guess I'll ask, do you think it's possible before we see if anybody else has any tips? Do you think it's possible that your white supervisor suspected racist that he could have found this out some other way, totally unrelated to you putting this on social media? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe through, maybe through a coworker. Yeah. Maybe, maybe through, cause like I said, I was, I was paired up with another driver and, um, you know, and he, and, you know, he could have just talked to somebody else in the warehouse, you know, because I, you know, again, like I said, this wasn't, this really wasn't no information I wanted to get back to uh, management, but, you know, it did. So maybe, maybe it was, you know, through the co-worker I was paired up with because I had to take certain phone calls around him. So, you know, he kind of, um, you know, heard what we were doing and he also, show interest in him wanting to do the same thing. So, yeah, he could have found out uh, other other ways other than uh, social media. All right. Yeah. That's what I said. I don't, I don't think you did anything wrong. We're still learning, just trying to see if we can make improvements. White people have lots of ways. Racists have lots of ways of getting information about Negras. Uh, but any of the folks that have a hand up, do you have any tips so we can pivot to be in Toronto? Any tips for our caller in New Jersey? Can I be heard? Uh, retired firefighter in Florida. Greetings, Gus. Greetings to uh, everyone. Uh, I don't think I don't think uh, the caller did anything uh, incorrect. Uh, uh, you know, part of uh, having a business is advertising the business. And certainly something like uh, the social networks is something that uh, can uh, 
carry uh, his burgeoning uh, business, uh, you know, and uh, I would just state as far as a suggestion is to be prepared for logical answers uh, because uh, I, I think from the, uh, from the advent of you uh, reaching out with yourself and uh, creating a, a business, now you are going to be asked questions and you know just be prepared to uh answer those uh questions that may come up uh in the most logical means and ways that you possibly can be prepared for it that's that's all i can think about right now thank you can i be heard uh rob in southern california yes sir Uh, <clears throat> greetings to Gus, callers and listeners, and um, just basing, like I wouldn't say that the uh, caller did anything incorrect, um, but if I be totally honest, um, it sounds like the caller is asking for like, confirmation, you know what I'm saying, like other than um like, okay, like, basing off Millie Fuller's code, saying that black people are, what's the uh, knowledge that he gave? Like, man, when boy running for the touchdown and he starts celebrating before he actually in the end zone, you know what I'm saying? Like, so basing it just off what the caller said, um, went into a quote-unquote celebratory mode, you know what I mean? And which is not incorrect. Um, but at the same time, if we're moving by a code that may have been quote unquote, a misstep according to the code. And then, um, my suggestion would be, um, completely like at the job site, like completely go the other way. Like, okay, he said he's going for his second truck. All right, so I would spin it like my business is failing and start putting that narrative out there. Like, man, you know, yeah, like he, even to the, the white supervisor, directly to him. Like, yeah, man, you know what? Exactly, you said what you said is exactly right. You know, man, it's so tough. Um, <laughs> you know, man, my business is failing, man. I need more hours. Can you help me? And thank you. Much obliged. Robin SoCal. Great point about celebrations. Uh, other folks, any other suggestions, tips, caller in New Jersey, or thoughts, caller in New Jersey? let folks marinate on it for a second perhaps uh, I guess did any did anything to add before we pivot back to uh, be in Toronto so we can switch up a, uh, a caller in New Jersey anything to to add or respond or 
No, no, I, I definitely agree with the uh, the call about uh, you know celebrate. So, um, that's the he kind of hinted how the, where I was more or less going, but like I said, I wanted to leave this job on my own terms. So, you know, me just kind of celebrating, posting, also um, talking around a, a, a coworker, and also having another coworker follow me and giving them access to what I was doing you know, that that could be celebrating too fast and that could may lead to some kind of, uh, you know, forcing me out of the job before I want to go, you know, so that's just the goal. I just want to leave on my own terms. So I definitely agree with that. So that that's, that's where I think I may have missed that. Still learning, trying to get better. That's whole purpose for the broadcast uh much obliged for sharing helping us all be more mindful and certainly being mindful about uh celebrating things in the workplace absolutely um or not celebrating in the workplace but just yeah celebrations period uh let's see be in toronto much obliged for your patience let's hear the updates thank you thank you guys um so yes, uh, the job is uh, so far going fine, uh, still monitoring. Um, in terms of the COVID, uh, in Canada, there is the wave two that's already touched down for the past couple of months now. And um, there's a couple of uh, clients over there that are refusing to uh, adhere to the COVID-19 precautions, uh, which would include wearing a mask um, uh, inside the facility uh, when social distancing is uh, is not possible. Um, and I've spoken to them. My supervisor has spoken to them. Their case managers have spoken to them about this. And I've been trying to advocate for um, a stronger push um, uh, or a stronger message, rather, um, to encourage these two clients who happen to be uh, both uh, identified as white um, to wear their masks as to ensure uh, reduced exposure to the remaining uh, people um, uh, within the facility. Uh, so that is still um, that is still in the works. It's just that it's it's really amazing how um, when it comes to white people, um, many tend to handle them with kids' gloves um, as if they are, you know, somehow delicate pieces of, uh, of, uh, of material that might just break apart if they're told to do everything like everybody else does, um, which just... Uh, goes to their delusion of grandeur and a sense, a grander sense of entitlement. Um, but I keep pushing along to advocate for stronger measures because um, my health and, and the health of others are, are just as important as those two. Um, the other thing that I wanted to add is uh, in terms of tips, um, I think that the, the greatest uh, resource that we have is ourselves. Um, and uh, our knowledge and our respective uh, positions or former positions that we've held. 
And um, I would strongly urge um, uh, all who listen to uh, consider sharing your expertise uh, to the younger generation or to other organizations. And in particular, look for those um, uh, situations where you can um, not only do so because you're passionate about what you wish to share um, as your expertise, um, but also look for opportunities where you can get an honorarium uh, for sharing your expertise. So, for example, um, I've aligned myself with uh, an organization uh, that works with um, uh, uh, parents and uh, children within the Black uh, uh, community here in Toronto. And um, I'll be uh, serving as one of the panelists and would be obtaining an honorarium. Now, mind you, the honorarium wasn't the most important point. I would have gone on there to assist anyways, regardless. But it um, it does help with a nice little bonus um, with uh, showing um, that they do value um, the time of the volunteers who share their expertise. So I'm really excited about that. Um, in particular, I'll be discussing about um, uh, special education and um, uh, the IEPs and, and how it impacts the child and what parents can do. Uh, in terms of options and how to really utilize it as a tool um, to empower the child and uh, gain more uh, resources for the child and the family family unit. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that expertise on that. The other tip that I would also suggest, um, and this is the last tip that I'll suggest as well, is consider um, making things on your own um, as opposed to buying them. Uh, so if you find that you have uh, a little bit more downtime due to the COVID-19 measures and you happen to be at home, see if you can make uh, items that you would have otherwise uh, purchased in the past. So um, one of the things that I've chosen to make were undergarments. Um, so I'd be making those on my own as opposed to purchasing from Hanes or other places. Another thing that I would like to learn is how to make a skirt, um, how to make a blouse. Um, and uh, where the material is a, is a lot less when you when you purchase the fabric itself as opposed to paying for the, the labor um, and the brand name, you make your own. Um, designs. Now, that's, of course, if you're interested in learning how to sew. Um, but if there's other things that you can do on your own that you can learn a, a new skill to, and then eventually market those things out, then that's probably something to also consider as well. Um, so thanks so much, and I leave the line. Uh, yes, we got you, uh, Robin SoCal. Just well, I wanted to comment quickly uh, before we uh, pivot. Uh, BN Toronto has just been killing it for 2020, like the rest, or I won't say the rest of us, but uh, a substantial number of folks, have, you know, struggling and having a tough time with the Rona and everything else, like not be in Toronto. Like I think pretty much every time it's been got five new job offers and got a new car and honorarium and making clothes started a new business like dang like K 
killing it for 2020. That is glad to hear at least some black people uh, have had a fantastic year on many fronts. Um, That is awesome. If you can figure out a way to use your expertise, because that happens so frequently with the system of racism, uh, they extract the intellect, the genius of black people, uh, which just stolen. And if there's any compensation at all, it goes to white people like they do that all the time. So absolutely, if you can find ways, if it's a speaking engagement or anything where you can be compensated uh, for your expertise, bravo. And that's bolstering your your brand, your resume, all of that. So bravo, bravo. Um, the COVID night, like I did have a, a pause just because she said they're in wave two and I don't know we had that spike in the summer here in the US like I don't did wave one officially end in the US I'm not even <sighs> um, but yeah at least they have the rules and can empathize having to gripe with folks who are not doing masks and such we've had lots and lots and lots of that uh, all the way to the White House here in the US uh, much obliged, Rob in Wisconsin. Uh, sorry, sorry, Rob in Southern Cal. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, tough day on the plantation. Very tough day on the plantation. Um, I'm going to share this information. Um, <laughs> it's hard to share. Uh, I don't want to answer any questions. Um, but so I'll start by saying that child support is a criminal organization and I'll repeat that child support is a criminal organization so I received the paycheck today um, and I pay uh, I have two child support orders um and this is the lowest amount that I've ever <laughs> received as far as a uh, net pay. And I'm laughing because, um, shout out to the cows, shout out to Grandsters, Dr. Francis Quest Wilson, uh, Millie Fuller Jr. And <laughs> something that just in my mind is, uh, him saying, hunker down. You know, things are going to get worse before they get better. Um, So I'm not, you know, from the, you know, I'm not depending on, luckily, thankfully, thank the creator, that I'm not depending on my job right now to pay my bills. You know, thankfully, because I um, have hunkered down. Okay. But so I received a paycheck today, gross pay. $539.59. $539.59. And the net pay is $34.02. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for taking my call. And Gus, thank you for um, just giving one the platform to um, express himself or herself. Um, we are living under this system. And uh, sometimes it is very hard to bear. Thank you.
context of white supremacy. Echo. Much obliged uh, for sharing. I am. I guess one, I'm uh, thankful that you have been hunkering down. Uh, I think that's the exact term I have been saying myself quite a bit. Hunker down, like, uh, yeah, it is. It is super unpleasant. So I am glad, at least, that you have been uh, being miserly uh, about things. Because, man, that is. I think that will serve all of us well. Uh, really, as long as the system of white supremacy is in existence, uh, not being reckless and accumulating uh, a lot of things, uh, and especially frivolous things and nonsense that, you know, yeah, hunker down, save as many nickels uh, as possible. Um, that is, wow. Uh, and they are extreme seems like they can be extremely efficient uh with switching and get a new job and bang they don't have any difficulties that's why I said no secrets they can locate you quickly uh if they really want to no secrets in the system of white supremacy but um thank you for sharing that uh terrible news terrible news to work so hard and find lots of ways of not compensating us um man terrible news uh, other folks are I reckon if folks have any tips for that sort of situation dealing with uh, support enforcement uh, that would be helpful uh, and or other tips dealing with workplace racism the number is 720-716-7300 the code 564-9 pound press star six one if you would like to participate certainly if we have any folks if you think you could masturbate on a zoom call with your co-workers and not be fired man i would like to hear from you immediately especially if it's a black male that thinks you could do that you aren't in jail and you wouldn't be fired, man. Let me know how you can do that, please. Can I be heard? Retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, sir. <clears throat> yes. Uh, just, uh, want to, uh, reach out to the uh to the caller about uh child support uh i uh uh was rendered uh with uh child support uh at one point in time uh basically uh, uh i guess uh the uh in the time that uh you are under that that order uh the best thing to do is to just try to be as as uh patient as you possibly can you know it's, it 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 is uh a stressful situation um and uh with in my situation it was just with uh one one child uh 
I basically stayed after it. I, I basically stayed after it and ended up uh, to whereas I received full custody of my uh, my son uh, when he was the uh, 11, 12 years old. And uh, the court switched the uh, the order to the mother of uh, helping me out uh, to uh, pay child support. You know, just by taking notes, taking notes, uh, writing things down, and uh, uh, when it became accumulated to a high level, uh, you know, taking it to the uh, very court that uh, uh, she uh, went to uh, to have the order placed on me. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, uh, also what helped me is to really fully understand that the, the money, I didn't have the power to state that the money belonged to me anyway (laughs) when it comes down to it. And that kind of like helped me out. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that for you, but that, that basically helped me out to have that realization that, uh, I, uh, would not be able to withstand someone who has power over my income. Uh, so why linger on it? And I just devoted my time and issues to other things that was constructive and uh, as I mentioned before, I, I also had a, a code codified plan of, you know, writing things down. Uh, if I'm going to have to be uh, forced to to pay for something in that manner, then at the same time, then all of the rules that are uh, handed out, uh, they are to be followed. And uh, I basically kept after it, and uh, pretty soon. Uh, the orders to pay me child support uh, took place at a very early point point in time. But uh, I'll just use a metaphor at the end. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Do your best to hang in there. Matter of fact, my offspring is just coming to the door right now. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Much obliged. Mm. Yeah, the I do not have children. Said that repeatedly throughout the year. So, yeah, do not have firsthand expertise in that one. But that is a what retired firefighter just said. That is kind of a painful demonstration uh, in terms of this is what domination looks like uh, and the amount of power domination white people exert over us in all areas of people activity yeah supreme capital S capital W should have said it you know the other way but white supremacy can't minimize can't cut them cheap Uh, They have lots of power in the known universe. Lots more power than we do. That can be changed, but I don't think that can be changed if we lie to ourselves about that. 
Anywho, uh, sometimes I know that can be that can come up and, and cause issue. I guess I can ask uh, anyone here. Is it your understanding or have you are you aware of times where uh, child support enforcement has ended up causing problems? I mean, ended up uh, perhaps caused a non-white person to lose a job or be in jeopardy of losing a job because they were. Uh, having support enforcement, having money taken out of their check or what have you, or something in that process jeopardize their employment? Hi, Gus. Be in Toronto. Um, yes, uh, I've I've known um, a number of um, of male friends and acquaintances and family members who have gone through. Um, the rigors of uh, of uh, child support and um, have lost jobs, um, have even gone to jail uh, because of lack of payment, uh, which is completely absurd. Uh, because they've gone to jail, then it makes it even harder to to get a job in order to make more payments, and. Um, I, I do uh, empathize uh, with the gentleman who is uh, going through that uh, right now as well. Um, I guess the other things that I wanted to find out is, um, uh, is the gentleman connected uh, with the father's group that perhaps can, uh, and again, this is all depending on, upon his schedule, of course, um, that is connected with the father's group that he can network and get more information um, on, on other uh, fathers who may be going through similar um, so he can get additional strategies that way. I don't know um, if in the States there's a community legal program, um, but if there is a community legal program uh, in which uh, he can uh, connect with uh, a lawyer uh, for free consultation. Um, of course, it can be quite pricey, but at least through the free consultation, I would highly suggest having a number of questions um, uh, within the certain time period. Usually, it's around 30 minutes um, to to ask and then uh, and, uh, get your answers that way. Um, because uh, I'm, I'm sure that um, the ability to, to live and be able to pay must has to be factored in. Like the, it's just completely absurd. No one can live on, on 34, 30 bucks um, in a month uh, it, it's, or uh, every two weeks. It's just, it's absurd. Um, and uh there, there needs to be um, taken into consideration the cost of living. He needs to be able to live and eat in order to be able to also support his children. And then there's the other question is, is he able to see his children as well? So thank you, and I, I leave the line. Can I be heard again? Retired firefighter. The The last part that that Ms. B was stated is uh, also a very significant uh, issue uh, because if you're, if, you, if whoever, basically as far as from my memory, what the court states 
is that uh, there's a there's a proponent of income that comes from both parents based on their overall total income, and also also you also have a right for to see your child, and uh, so that's very vital and important. Uh, it's not just all of someone taking uh, money out of your check. Uh, it's also, you also have a right to, uh, to see that child. A lot of times the strategy when people get angry, <laughs> when people get angry, uh, they go about with that means uh, of, uh, of uh, having the other party to pay child support. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, my concern in my situation, my concern was I just couldn't fathom the idea that I would have to uh, be uh, told on when or when not I can see an offspring of mine or being of that person or that person being in contact with me based on their want uh, because I was always in his life when he was being cut out of his mother. I was standing right next to the person doing it at the time, uh, up until he just walked into the door about 15 minutes ago, no, no, about five minutes ago. I'm sorry. Uh, so I just, like I said, I just kept after it. I kept after it. I, I took, I, I, uh, just like what the fire department does, they record everything that takes place during the day, uh, in a ledger. I did the same thing. And, uh, and mainly things that we're not doing in a correct manner. And uh, eventually, over time, the court became very disturbed about the other party, uh, about what they were doing. And what, made, what uh, really changed the situation is when uh, the other party basically took him out of the generalized area uh, without my permission. And that's when the court rendered him to me as the quote unquote custodial parent, as, that's what they call it in legal terms, custodial parent. And in turn, they, and then they ordered her to pay me child support from that standpoint. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know your situation. There is always some, uh, subtle or vast differences in each situation, uh, I'm just uh, rendering uh, mine in whatever whatever that I've said that can possibly help you. The main thing is is to is to just accept the idea that if someone can go and 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 take money out of your your uh, compensation that they had that they already had the power to do it in the first place. That's what that's proof of, in my opinion. Thank you. Can I be heard? Mo in Dallas. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, guys. Um, greetings to um, listeners and callers. Um, to um, Rob, is Rob, right? Rob in San Francisco? Um um as as far as uh dealing with child support it is a long difficult 
situation. Um, I, I myself, I, I've received, along with other males I know, received, you know, zero dollars on a pay stub. They'll give you the, excuse me, they'll give you the paper and it's worth more than the check. So I understand that it is hard to, to, to function, you know, um, um, as far as recommending things to do, um, uh, brother, honestly, beans and rice, if you can, like, it, it got me through some tough times and, 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 and just kind of figuring ways to stretch your income, um, the best ways you know how, um, uh, um, like, I don't know if you eat out, but, you know, you have to cut a lot of things back, um, um, if you have any bad habits, you got to cut those off. Um, um, I, I had to. This is why I'm saying it. Uh, um, and as far as the children, uh, uh, retired firefighter mentioned he received his son at around 11, 12. Um, I want you to understand that after a child gets 12 years of age, they do have the right to choose which parents they want to live with. And I think they have that right up until they're 18 uh, at least in the state of Texas, they do. Um, so, um, I would work on like nurturing my relationship with my child. And if you can, um, uh, work on the relationship with the mother. Um, um I know it, it, it might be difficult, especially when she has you at a, at such a disadvantage. Um, but like, you know, you have to remember that you made children together. You made a child together. So um, uh, if she is okay with dealing with you, that, that has a direct effect on how she's talking about, you know, you when you're not near or around your children. And um, so uh, just just stay focused. Um, like retired firefighter said, um, take notes, you know, stay diligent and, um, and make sure that when you do switch an employer, especially if you have a pay decrease, you want to report your, your 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 wages in so that you can get your your child support payments adjusted. Um, because anytime your social security number hits, um, they're going to they're going to take out the, the court ordered amount. No matter if it's like let's say you had a well paying job and you transitioned to minimum wage, if you don't report it they'll take out the same amount that the um, uh, order initially called for. So um, stay diligent about that. Uh, uh, as far as Jeffrey Tubin, um, uh, I myself have been, uh, uh, I, I want to say, a victim of sexual harassment. Um, coworkers commenting on my clothes. Uh, as of recently, a coworker threatened to kiss me. Um, um, it was, it was all very uncomfortable situations. Uh, so I don't think that I would be, um, shown as much leniency if I, if I was attempting to, to, to behave in such a fashion. Um, also in the state of Texas, and I think in September of 2019, we had a, a, a law that came down, a metaphor came down the pipeline, um, that stated that if you were to, to send any unwanted explicit photographs, you could be fined or jailed. 
So I don't I don't know if Jeffrey Tubin was in Texas, but if he was, he he could possibly be in a lot of trouble. Um, that's all I have for now. You my line. Much obliged, Mo in Dallas. Uh, did you say that you were nearly kissed on the job? Did I hear that correctly? This is a workplace scenario. She threatened to kiss me. She threatened, threatened to, to kiss, kiss you. Me. Yes, it was very uncomfortable. Like um, once, uh, I was hugged on the job, and I threw my hands up, and I, I explained that, please don't touch me. This was right before the Rona, you know, was, and uh, and oh, actually her, her riding buddy, uh, uh, I was talking just just in, about how, like, if a context of, in, in the conversation I was talking about, if I saw my coworkers in public, I probably wouldn't speak because I don't know them outside of the building. And a couple of my coworkers was, like, kind of offended, and then one white person said, well, if I saw you out in public, I'd just run up to you and give you a big old kiss. And I was like, no, uh, I don't like being touched, period, man. Please don't do that. You, you can yell, speak high, whatever. Don't, I don't like people touching me at all. And everyone at my job knows that uh, I'm, I'm not mean. I'm cordial, but I make a point not to, to physically touch anyone. So... And I was visually disturbed. She understood, but she kind of carried on with her day. Yeah, she. But she. Yeah, she threatened to, to kiss me. It was. And I. I know I couldn't say anything like that. Not and not get reported or something. So. Yeah. If I can be heard, I was done. A wire pulled out. Got it. Context of white supremacy. There we go. Man. Again, we're having two neutralizing workplace racisms uh, next week. So Monday, we'll have a white guest. She uh, was just in the... I think she was in the New York Times report. There were a bunch of them talking about workplace racism uh, and just workplace misconduct over the last week or so. But she'll be here Monday. That was the number one thing I had on the list. Unwanted touching, threats of touching, all of that. That'll be Monday. So we'll get tips from a white woman who this is what she studies. Dr. Patricia Sias, University of Arizona. That'll be Monday, day before the election. We'll ask what to do, what to say in the workplace. Uh, but that t- now imagine being a black person. And you tell particularly a black male. And you tell a white woman who's made it. No, hey. I'm a little sensitive, you know, I don't like being touched. 
I'm cordial. I'm nice. I'm here to work. But I don't, you know, hey, hey, hey. I'm sensitive about being touched. She's made that clear. And you tell her, oh, please. Peggy, if I see you out in public, I'm just going to give you a big old sloppy kiss. You'd be Jeffrey Tubin, I think. Like, uh, whoa, human resources right now. Speed dial, speed dial. Nigra threatened to rape me. Called my husband, everything like, come on, come on. Uh, and I would, white women, a white woman saying that type of thing, in my view, is exercising her dominance as a white woman. I can violate yours. Who does this coon think he is? <laughs> he wouldn't talk to us out in public. Coon, I'll talk and do whatever I want. The white woman. It's talking about patriarchy. The white woman. Uh, let's see. The number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate again if we have any folks you think hey I could take my pants down masturbate in front of my co-workers on a zoom call and I know I'm still going to have a job you need speed dial how in the world did you do it let's see oh they had I'll give a little bit this is the article I posted it I felt so good about neutralizing workplace racism, the tips that we've shared, listeners, everybody. The report, this came out October 22nd. It's titled Digital Hygiene in the Zoom Era. I'm not going to read the whole report. It does, it does have great info. I think I shared it already on social media. Uh, but we've talked about a lot of these tips. Just to read a tidbit. If someone asked you before, do you want to sign up for a world in which your coworkers see inside of your house all the time? The answer would probably be no, said Kelly Williams Brown, an etiquette expert. Well, here we are. In a recent poll, one in four American workers said they've been working from home entirely. I heard 30 percent on NPR earlier today, but either way, the line between our uh, personal and professional spaces may be blurred, but in many ways, the rules of conduct are the same. For starters, it is still not okay to expose your genitalia to your co-workers like Jeffrey Tubin, a writer for The New Yorker, did in a recent Zoom call. The New Yorker, I said The New York Times earlier, my apologies, get in my correction. Uh, nor should you look at pornography on your work computer unless that is literally your job with our offices situated steps away from oh they say our work computer on your work computer that's not the way I say it watch this not your computer but anyway with our offices there it is again situated steps away from our living rooms and kitchens it is easy to forget that our work computer is still for work and that our colleagues are not our roommates when people are sitting in their homes it's easy to multitask to go between work and home said Samantha Atari the privacy council what? that's her job title the privacy council 
come on, at Kramer, Levin, Naftalis, and Frankel. It's tempting to do everything on your work laptop, but she said it's important to protect your private space. How can I make sure private things don't become public? I think we had some of that today. Many of us are now living with grown up versions of the I came to school naked nightmare. What a metaphor. Text to your girlfriend showing up in your work chats. The nude self portrait you painted popping up in a video chat on the wall behind you. Your collection of cannabis cookbooks appearing in the background of a video call with your boss. When you do these work video zooms, you're letting people into your home, but you're still in a work environment, Miss Atari said. From a legal perspective, that means you are still protected from discriminatory actions. For example, if you have a disability that your employer did not know about, they cannot retaliate against you based on that information. Of course, much of what we do of what we do not want people to see has nothing to do with legality. Our concerns are more about the impressions we make. First of all, turn off your camera when you don't need it, said Lori Craner, the director of the SciLab Security and Privacy Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. <laughs> um, if I'm being ignorant, forgive me. I mean, this just this right here is a demonstration of white supremacy. Now, maybe they have a lab of security and privacy at Howard University or some of the other HBCUs, North Carolina A&T, Winston-Salem State, Bethune-Cookman. I don't know. Maybe they do. Ugh. You'll have to let me know, somebody. If you if you graduated from that program, uh, please let me know. But I mean, wow, white people can devote a lot of resources to these type of think tanks. So, again, this is the SciLab Security and Privacy Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. Or get a tiny webcam cover, said Miss Brown, the author of Gracious, a practical primer on charm tact and unsinkable strength you don't have to worry about turning your video off you will truly know that nobody can see you that's a lot of security for eight dollars dr craner said a post-it or a piece of opaque tape works too when your camera is on dr craner said make sure your computer is facing the wall she added other than your cat dropping in it should be hard for anyone to get into the frame both Dr. Craner and Miss Brown suggested making use of virtual backgrounds. And they have a link to show you how to do that. Finally, Dr. Craner said, never share your whole screen. Just share the particular application, such as Microsoft PowerPoint or Word. If you're hosting the meeting, you can disable other people's ability to share their screens. I'll stop here, but I thought they had a lot of great information. We talked about a lot uh, of these tips uh, before particularly where you have your zoom camera positioned, right? You're not trying to show off everything in your house and your whole Marcus Garvey collection. Like that's not the goal at all. Uh, but great info. I think I posted it already, but I'm willing to share again, if you want to check it out, especially if you have any folks who are working from home and want to make sure that they are doing what they can to stay safe and, you know, not share unnecessary information about you, your surroundings or other people.
Uh, number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, if we have folks with their own thoughts to share, suggestions for dealing with child support enforcement, lines should be open. Feel free. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Greetings, Emmy. Namaskaram, beautiful people. Um, all I can say regarding child support is I'm sorry that you were. I don't know anything really about it other than what some people have shared, and that has to be really, really, really tough. And, you know, all I can say is repeat what Dr. Weldon said is, you know, when people, I would say, are maybe not prepared with sex and they have children and it doesn't work out, it's the children who really do suffer too. Um, and I work with children, so I see they're suffering with that all the time. Um, as far as the person who mentioned if they did anything wrong with, like, posting I would, I agreed with the last person who said, you know, posting it and celebrating and all of that um, was probably a misstep. I think that's a good word. Um, not even just for white supremacy, but just in general, because you can incur the evil eye of anybody, um, whether they're classified as white or not white. Um, and so if I was going to offer anything, not to make it spiritual, religious, or whatever, but to do whatever kind of practice for yourself, to protect yourself from anyone and everyone's um, jealousy or envy and negative energy that they would shoot your way to diminish your efforts and um, sabotage you. FOMO years with a teaspoon of the Rona. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just had to say that because I thought it was funny when Gus said it. Um, I'm a huge fan of students. I myself am a lifelong student, a perpetual learner. Um, and so when it comes to whether or not to speak up to answer questions, I think the I think another question to ask yourself is what you plan to do with what it is you're studying. So if you're studies involve something that's really private. I don't know what's, why, you know, what college degree you'd be seeking like that where, but it could be, I don't know. And you're, maybe you plan to be a loner researcher, in which case you're not really working with people. Um, maybe you don't have to speak up as much, but if your educational goals lead to some type of certification where you are working with people, um, I employ, I encourage you to speak up as practice, uh, especially if you are in any type of field where we are, where non-white people, specifically black people, are um, underrepresented. So you definitely want to. Otherwise, like if you don't get started early, you don't get the practice 
on how to be negated by your classmates, to be um, rejected by your professors, to have to like hold your own and stand your ground for what you know is the correct thing, which under certain circumstances could be life-saving for your patients if that's where you're going. For instance, just to give one case that was a little confusing, let's say you are going to go be a nurse, but you haven't really practiced speaking up for yourself. But now you have a non-white patient, a black patient, or any patient that you want to advocate for, but specifically a black patient you want to advocate for, something you know is incorrect, but you haven't developed that muscle. So when the team of nurses get together and doctors get together and they talk whatever they talk, but you know that it's wrong what they're about to do, but you haven't developed that muscle, that might be that might not be the time when you really are able to stand up, but that patient is going to need for you to be able to stand up. So I think using the classroom as practice is good. Whether a teacher or a professor is going to mark you down if you speak up, that's just a risk that you're going to take and one that you can't really control because they can mark you down for anything. Like they can mark you down for being quiet, you know? So um, in my experience, I have, um, I've done the humanities and I've done the hard sciences. And in both situations, I think it's important to speak up. So just to give background and feel like, okay, well, where is she coming from? Um, and the humanities is important because otherwise the conversation, that group polarization, the conversation being one-sided, um, and if you were in the humanities, you could say you want to be like a social worker or some, some other person who's outspoken or speaks on social justice or advocacy or whatever, again, you haven't developed the muscle in that respect. In the hard sciences, you need to develop the muscle because if you're an undergrad, you need to develop it because you'll eventually have to go to grad school to get your certification, in which case you're going to be working in teams or groups of people. And if you aren't strong within yourself to be right, like when you know you're right, to stand and be right, but even when you're not sure and just to be okay with not being right and asking questions, even if you graduate, you still, there's still a whole world of competition that's going to involve you being able to stand up for yourself and stand up for others. So the main point of what I'm saying is I'm a huge advocate for um, speaking in, in, within the institution, in classrooms, no matter what age you are, no matter what grade you're in, no matter what level of education you're pursuing, um, because it's only going to make you stronger if you allow it. If you don't, you know, and you break under the pressure, I get it. Racism is hard. And being black is hard. I get it. But I would take it to practice. And um, I would just like to say in general, I think other people have said it as well, but I have no social media. And it was, is still one of the healthiest choices that I've made as an adult for myself. Like it was self-care. It was mental health. It was professional. Like, it, it was the, one of the wisest choices I've ever made. Not that I ever got caught up on social media. I didn't. But it was just healthy all over. So if you're on the fence, you know, definitely maybe try a digital detox and see how you do. Um, if not, just, just go cold turkey and cut it. Like, it's not everything, like, it seems when you're involved in it. Like, when you have social media, it's you're in it. You're involved in it. And it feels like you can't just really let it go. But if you just cut it, You'll find how successful you still can be without it. Um, but that's just 
that's just my personal opinion on that. And then um, I wanted to comment on, um, there was a, uh, Gus had mentioned something much earlier in the broadcast about when it's time to like take a test or do something that make it really difficult for you to do right before you're supposed to do the thing. And I've experienced that two very specific times that were crucial. Um, one kind of recently I had to take a standardized test and, um, oh, it, backtrack, I'm sorry. You mentioned a study, forgive me if I'm like misquoting it, I don't know, but one study that I do know is for the stereotypes that are placed on uh, certain groups of people actually influence whether or not they think they're capable of succeeding on a specifically on a standardized test, whether or not they actually are smarter than the groups that don't do well on the standardized test. For instance, Asians perform, people who are classified as Asian perform better on standardized tests than people who are classified as black, not because they actually know the material better than people who are classified as black, but because the stereotype that they are smarter, that boosts their confidence so that they perform better. Whereas when we go into it, we know that we've been told that we don't do well, therefore we don't do well. So that's one thing with the standardized test. I abhor standardized tests. Um, absolutely, I've always abhorred them. And to this day, I'm a huge advocate for us not having to take them, I think. But anyway, so I just wanted to tell the story only because it drives the point that Gus had mentioned earlier. So I went in to do reconnaissance for my exam. That's one of my uh, standardized testing strategies or just testing strategies because I have very overwhelming testing anxiety where it, it causes me to underperform. There's like a bell curve where you can have a certain amount of arousal and that you, you know, peak. My arousal is so high, it diminishes my ability to perform well when it comes to testing. Anyway, we have to know our limitations, our weaknesses. Anyway, so I went in, the bus and drove the day before. I needed to know about parking. I needed to know where the bathroom was. I needed to know what all I could bring in. I needed to know, could I use my earplugs? Like, could I chew gum? Could I have tissue? Like, I needed to know every single thing. That way, when I walk in, there's so little talking that has to happen. That way, I can stay in my zen zone. So I get in there. The, you know, when I'm doing my reconnaissance and the first guy, he's non-white, but I'm not exactly sure. Maybe in the place they classify as Middle East, I'm not exactly sure. But he's very welcoming. He's like, hey, yeah, you know, yep, you can put your stuff there. The bathroom's over there. Like, he answers all my questions. I ask about my earplugs because I need them and I don't want any earplugs that are going to irritate me. The exam is several hours long, so I don't need something swelling up in there, causing all this tension. You know what I mean? Like, can I have some hauls? Because right now my allergies are acting up. Like, can I keep my water bottle? Like, he answered all my questions. We were good to go. So I come back the next day for my exam, and there was an older black gentleman who um, was the complete opposite. The whole thing was so stressful. Like, even his tone. And I'm not saying this to say, like, black people, or whatever. I had some juice that I kept in, like, a bottle. Like, you know, I was ready. I'm ready, you know? And, like, even his remark about my juice, like, he was like, if you say so. And in my head, I'm like, F you mean, what you mean if I say so? Like, his juice, like, what? Like, don't play with me right now. Like, I'm not there. Man, then with the taking of the picture, because we have to do our palm, and then we have to take the picture. He takes, like, 10 minutes to take my picture. I'm like, dude, what's going on? Snap this joint, let's go. You know what I mean? You got me sitting here, and, like, my anxiety is creeping. Then... 
So the other guy takes me in. I start my exam. I take my breaks. That's part of my test-taking strategy. And I have the earplugs in. Once they're in, they're not coming out. I don't know if y'all know about this, but the phone ones, you got to twist them, and then you got to tilt and, like, stick it in. And once it's in there, you don't want to keep taking it in and out because it's just, like, once it's in, it's in for me. So I go to use the bathroom. Everything's fine. Like, I've taken two breaks up at this point. So I know the deal. I got my ID card. I sit it on the thing. I stick my arms out. I put my glasses on the thing. I do the palm print. Like, put me back in. My breaks are timed. They're timed. So I don't have the time to, like, talk and do all this nonsense. But then on my last break, it's the the man who classified as black who takes me in. And I swear he did everything to keep me from getting back in there. Almost tried to make me take out my earplugs. And I'm like, dude, I just did everything. Like, I'm not taking these. He's like, you need to take these out. For what? What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? If you do not pat me down, make sure I ain't take nothing up in here, me and you are going to have a legitimate problem. I, I lost three minutes on that section of the exam. And, I was, and it was one of the harder sections of the exam. And it was very frustrating. But I only say that to say, you know, being non-white, being black is tough and difficult. If you've got a goal, an educational goal, I'm saying it as much to myself as I'm saying it to you. Don't let anybody or anything stop you, not a test, not some stressful environment. Just do your thing because it's all designed to keep us out. It's all designed to keep us out. And the longer you're in there, the more you see it. They want to dominate. People who are classified as white want to dominate every single thing, especially information. Like, like we're supposed to just sit around and be dumb, work in menial jobs forever, and never be able to like, transcend our limitations like, at all. So, but anyway, I don't want to rant on that. So I thank you all for listening. She's... Got it that time. No echo. She said transcend. That must be our word for the week. Isabel Wilkerson kept saying that yesterday. Second worst book ever. But she kept saying that transcend, transcend. My white husband, he transcended race too. Uh, codified Emmy, much obliged for sharing. I thought they had done a number of those studies. Uh, about just mentioning finding different ways oh man black people don't do too well on these tests all right everybody ready mark set and then oh wow the nickers didn't do so well on these like yeah i thought so brilliant emmy uh i did i wanted to make sure that i got in she had so many great recommendations but i wanted to make sure that i asked rather I shared when I started at the beginning and I mentioned, you know, they, when you have the standardized test and they'll stress you out and everything. And I said, sometimes just that naked envy, you come in and you're participating in class. You're being brilliant. You've done all the work. You're on time, all of that. And particularly you happen to be fit, healthy. You take care of yourself. You don't pig out on Cheetos and ribs every other day. Oh, they are really not interested in seeing some, young, attractive, competent black person coming through and acting like they, you know, might know what one plus one is, that type of thing. And I said, man, that happened to Emmy. She said she was going to school and blah, 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 because I was talking to another victim of racism who was having this problem. And she's looking at med school. I said, man, Emmy was talking about that. Didn't that happen to you where you had a white woman? You were going to class, being on time and everything codified, participating. And you felt like, man, this white woman is just 
being racist and envious. And I think some of it's just, I'm fit. I'm competent. I'm here trying to do well. And she's not a fit, frumpy, attractive black female. She is lacking melanin. She's not very attractive. And I think she's just being envious and racist. Didn't that happen to you too? It happened so much. I can't even tell you exactly. Like I can't pinpoint the person. It even happened with white males too. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to say something to her, um, but I almost forgot. When one thing that I love to do is, I don't, wanna, I don't even know what to call it, but like say, first of all, no one ever knows what I get. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one. And because I ask so many questions, everyone thinks I'm stupid because I ask so many questions, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? But you'll never know. So, like, I could have gotten 110 because I got the extra credit, too. And I'm going to be like, man, yeah, that was that was tough. You know what I'm saying? But like, what'd you get? Man, like, that was just tough. Like, I don't even, even want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But the whole time, I got, like, A++. Like, you're not ever going to know how well I did. But you're white or non-white. I don't care who you are. The second thing is, is if you come with some crap, like, say you want to be like, oh, yeah, we're both mothers. And, uh... I don't know, maybe we shouldn't aim so high. I'd be like, you know what? That makes all the sense because it's YOLO. We got one life to live. And I'll go ahead and let you set yourself up for failure. You go ahead and underperform. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to even go harder than I did before because you're not about to play with me. So I wanted to say that to the young lady who's, yeah, let let that white woman with her mama issues or, you know, being a mommy and she, you know, whatever it is that she got, let her do that. And if she comes like, man, I feel you. I had to back up or whatever because the stress it was getting to me. It's hard out here. You know what I mean? We're trying. It's hard out here. And sure enough, I would have gotten a 98. <laughs> and you just won't know. Play with them. Don't let them play with you. That's it, though. Oh, but to, to your point, just to bring it back to what you said, absolutely. Even in my job, because even in my job, they'll, like, people will stay trying Hello? to, like, feed you nonsense. I'm, I'm fit still um, and vegan now. And you'll be surprised by, like, how much meat or animal products, they're trying to feed me on the low. Like, yeah, we got pizza, and I'm like, ain't nothing changed. I'm still lactose intolerant. I still don't eat that. Oh, we got donuts. I, it got milk in it. Like, oh, we got, I'm good. You know, like, people will try to sabotage you and pinpoint you if you are um, a boss. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all for listening. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, we heard What the hell? She hit him with the lactose intolerance. Hmm. <sighs> That's the way you have to do it sometimes. I have experienced that personally. Uh, I will add when being vegan, she says she's vegan now. Love it. Uh, but when I was vegan in California, I transitioned. When I first moved to California, I was north of where Rob is, Bay Area, Golden State Warriors. Uh, but when I moved there, I was not vegan, overweight, eating Cheetos, all that bad food, got there, started taking better care of myself, eating better foods, organic broccoli, and Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, squash. They got yellow watermelon. That's where I first got that California, uh, but stopped eating all the nonsense. And I used to eat nonsense, uh, on the job all the time too. Cause that same thing, they stuffed that cheese. We got pizza and donuts, pizza and donuts, pizza flavored donuts. I love it. And so I would eat all that. Yeah. Pizza flavored donuts. I'll take 20. And so when I started eating better, 
man and this is a white man we were talking about white women but white men do it too this is a white man I used to work with now I was like oh my god like I'm gonna say 280 pounds we'll put it at 280 so I start you know eating better and taking care of myself jogging and everything this is before my yoga days and I got I think at this point I got my way down to 220 my walk around rate is like 202, 25 now uh, but at that time I was 220, was still losing weight but had lost a lot of weight, feeling way better and all that uh, and so people knew like, oh, okay, same thing you make it clear I'm vegan now, I'm not eating all that craziness, I'm trying to get my weight down and I would just bring like grapefruits, eat fruits and that type of thing, bananas that type of thing, easy access to produce in California, they don't have what they call oh they do have food deserts but I didn't live in one, so lots of easy access to produce uh, so this white guy, race soldier, we come into work and I think the day before I had, I would, like I said, I would bring in uh, grapefruits, grapefruit juice, no sugar, you know, real stuff. And something happened where I think I had a grapefruit juice and he drank it. No, coworker brought a grapefruit juice for me, had one coworker trying to support, you know, oh yeah, he's being healthy okay, we're not going to bring ice cream, bam grapefruit juice, brought it for me, but the white man race soldier, drank my grapefruit juice, oh man Gus, I drank your juice, oh I'm so sorry, I didn't know it was for you, my bad my bad, okay, so we come back like, day later, two days later he says, hey, Gus, look here I'm so sorry. I drank your grapefruit juice. I hooked you up. I got you a fruit snack. I put it over in the uh, staff refrigerator. Just go check later in the day and bango. You'll see it. My bad. I didn't even, I didn't even know, man. I'm sorry. I drank your juice yesterday. I'm like, all right on. That's cool. I didn't, I was super confused about racism at the time. Like, all right on. That's great. Awesome. John, thanks so much. I'll get that later. So like, wow, this is a cool little dude. White people are all right. See, they talking about all. And this is what I used to say then too. Talking about all white people are racist that's so ridiculous see there he bought me a fruit snack or whatever he said it was so like two hours later I go to the refrigerator to get the snack thing because he said it was a fruit snack something and so I go to pick it up and it's like (laughs) vanilla pudding right this is like a total dessert this is not fruited I mean this is I mean it's fruit to the degree that I think it's like blueberries on top of the like whipped cream and vanilla and I was like what the you drank my grapefruit juice and opposed to just replacing it with, uh, I don't know, grapefruit juice, <laughs> maybe even a grapefruit, right? Still in the same ball. No, 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 no. It comes in with, uh, like it was, it was like a, it was something I don't even eat, but it was like pudding. It was like a, a pudding, uh, whipped cream thing with, uh, it wasn't even a strawberry shortcake, but a total dessert. Like this is not what you bring it. This, you know, this is someone I'm trying not to be tubby. I'm trying to why this is not what you bring at all. Especially if this is to compensate for grapefruit juice. Like what the hell? And that's what I said to like, what the hell? Like this is, I'm good. <laughs> not even, and he was like disappointed. Like, Oh man. And I, it clicked in like, this dude was totally trying to sabotage me like what the hell like I didn't connect it to racism at the time duh but that's totally what it is like and even what investment do you have in wanting to make sure that I stay tubby like how does that benefit you as a white man oh medical apartheid I hadn't read it at the time got it now though but I mean that is widespread 
in the workplace. That would be another great reason to take that code that idiot says about no eating in the workplace. I wouldn't care what they brought. Oh, we hooked you up. We thought of you. We got organic carrots and organic broccoli and vegan ranch dressing. I'm good. Didn't you say you love those cotton candy grapes? I'm good. You sure we got vegan donuts? I'm lactose intolerant and I'm fasting for the day. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not eating anything. No, thank you. Ridiculous. That is sad. I don't want to minimize what she said, though. Excellent bit of codification. What I would expect from a genius. I don't share what I get on the exam. Don't care if I got an A plus plus. Oh, man, it was hard. Would you get? Oh, man, I can't even talk about it. Oof. Grueling. Let's just let's just move forward. Wow. Maybe she failed. Mm-hmm. A plus plus. But you'll never know. Even for other black people, she said victims of racism. That has been emphasized a lot on workplace racism because, yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate, but that is the system that we are in trying to get rid of. But, yeah, that code would apply for victims of racism, too. I just don't share for lots of reasons. Namaste, Emmy. Uh, other, let's see. Uh, Irie, did you have uh, commentary to share? I saw you were with us as well. Did you have commentary? Yeah, I did. Um, I don't know what's up with um, the call in the night because I was, I was unmuted and then I don't know what happened. I wasn't able to be heard, but um, can I be heard all right right now? Crystal. Okay, great. Okay. So, and I just one question before um, uh, I start. Like, what's the time limit? I just want to make sure I get enough time because... I I didn't hear everything in the beginning, but I jumped on every now and then I jump on for workplace racism and I heard that somebody needed help with um child uh support enforcement and then there was something I guess about speaking up and I wanted to share on that too. Uh well it was let's see, uh Rob and SoCal was the one who was talking about how they looted basically his entire check uh, for child support enforcement. So uh, folks were uh, just offering tips and encouragement for how to deal with that and mitigating the effects from that. Uh, And then we had, or uh, I personally spoke with a black female victim of racism uh, before the program. And she's in a classroom, like a university classroom situation and um, other another non-white student in the class told her that she thought the teacher who's a white woman was being racist and how she responded to her in, in terms of not being as supportive or encouraging as she is with the other white students. And it's mostly white students in the class, obviously uh, the other students. And then uh, even some of the students, so she was talking just about speaking up in class. Is that black self-respect to speak up in class? Or should you just try to be cu- uh, quiet, keep your head down and, you know, get the, get the grade and get out of there. Uh, and then uh, even being, I don't know what you want to call it, envied uh, by other uh, mm-hmm. classmates where you have a, a white classmate who will be like, oh, hey, Irie, uh, I'm a mom. You're a mom. It's been grueling. The Rona's been tough this year. You know, don't and and you've been consistently doing better than this mom. I think she, this white mom, she knows your scores and you've been outperforming her. And she says, "Don't worry about acing this test. You know, you can you can get a seventy on this one. Don't even don't even worry about being an all star on this one. You've been working so hard and everything. You can let your guard down this one." 
uh, and talking about that type of sabotage. That was the classroom component we discussed. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I think the question lane is definitely important for that because I would ask now, why or why wouldn't I aim for the same grades I've been getting, you know, and leave it there. Um, You know, I used to be a very naive person when I was younger because I kind of saw the best in everyone. Um, Not that that was a bad thing, but it definitely um, can and will be abused in the system of racism. And um, I wouldn't question um, why people would give me um, such adverse advice sometimes, um, either non-white or white alike. But um, since there's so much, unfortunately, um, to this person, you have to have a consciousness of of, um, corruption and and, um, uh, negativity to be the pervading theme of your interactions. Uh, especially at a time that, like now, people are competing in, on so many different levels that um, the subconscious will come forth in the conscious. So once it's known and the person says, oh, no, you don't have to do your best, you have to really be conscious to flip that 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 reality that you're experiencing and say, hmm, okay, so you don't think I should do that well right now. Right now. Well, what's the other side of that I do? and I continue, I get this result, and then flip it again. I, I don't do so well. What does it mean for me? Because you are the person you're living for, for first, and then what's the, what's the result for that person? Is it constructive or is it destructive? You know what I'm saying? Um, but I would just question it, and I would, keep, I would keep it moving the way I've been moving, passing, and, you know, when it comes to concealment, definitely don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But if a person finds out and and they make a comment on it, it's thank you and you keep it moving again because you deserve to be. If somebody has observed your grades and they found out you've been doing good and they make a comment on it and it comes across like positive, yes, you take that congratulations. You deserve it. There's so many people that go without their uh, deserved congratulations. Moving on to the um, um, the child support situation, I thought it may have been a, um, a parent that needed to get child support enforced, but it's pretty funny in the system of racism, white supremacy, I'll share this. My um, ex-husband was in another state, and um, I, at the time I was in Illinois, and he was, he was in Louisiana, and I got a child support um, judgment that he was actually in arrears for, and Louisiana told me, oh, no, we don't honor uh, <laughs> out-of-state ruling, so you have to try it over again here, get a ruling, and then we'll enforce it. Um, the only thing I can tell this gentleman, if it is uh, unjustly being exacted onto you, you definitely need to seek an attorney. Um, and I would um, do like, uh, unfortunately, like my grandmother used to say, she was from Mississippi, she would say, you just play dumb. I would call a couple lawyers, explain the situation, and say, you know, this is what's going on. I don't think this is uh, what I deserve to be paying. What can I do? And have a pen and paper right there while the lawyer tells you whatever they think you need to do. Because oftentimes they'll tell you the legal procedure that you're going, that they would take. So, you know what I'm saying? You have to do what they call due diligence after that and say, okay, is this really the way, you know? And if it is, you could go about correcting it yourself or you could get legal representation, of course, which is, um, going to cost some money, but 
you know, I definitely don't be victimized um, with the child support if it's not just. Um, hmm. I'll, I'll skip over that. Um, I was just sharing. I wanted to share a couple things that um, don't really have anything to do with the, the little bit of the article that I heard. No, no, no. I did share before that um, they tried to scare me with a C-section when I was in the military. And I had my son. And from their mouth to God's ears, I ended up dilating in time and I didn't need it. But I was just sharing with someone that the way they looked at my pregnancy when I was in the military was that this was a, um operational procedure that needed to take place at a certain time in order to get me reactive in active duty. Um, and really my family after there, after that point didn't, didn't matter to them at all either. And they demonstrated that in so many ways I shared on that. But the two things, um, if you don't mind, Gus, I do thank you. Um, I used to really be into um, the performing arts as an adult. And um, there was a studio that I would go to. I, I'll, um, <laughs> I shouldn't put it on blast. I won't. I, um, I'll say it was in Lake County. And it was owned by a older, middle-aged, I guess you could call it, white man um, in bad health. You could tell he just ate burgers whenever he had a chance. I guess that's not, you know, he just looked unhealthy and fat. Um, I don't know how else to say it. And the studio, he crammed as many people as possible in this studio. And then there were smaller spaces in the back, and they would always be dusty, and it would always smell like cigarette smoke, and there would be ash in places and bugs, and then you go to the bathroom. And it would literally be like two steps away from like being a porter john. And I'm sitting here like, why are these people paying this man to rent this filth out just because he has like uh, a big, um, what do you call it? Like soundboard. <laughs> it can't be that like it's antiquated at best. And people would go, Oh, but they have the best sound. I'm like, dudes, like it's, it's dirty. The bathroom isn't even useful and practicing racism, letting the, letting the niggas just use his dirty studio as is, you know, and then hoping that nobody had enough self-respect to even, try to clean it up a little bit. Um, the people I recorded with did, but mostly everybody else was being victimized, getting high and drinking and recording music. Um, and the last thing um, I wanted to share was um, I had an encounter, uh, and I hope this can attest to speaking up. Um, so I'll try to segue. I was substituting in a district, and um, it was it was a slave ship at the time when I think about it. They, they needed to move some bodies around so one of the classrooms was shared basically with another teacher, so they would have to alternate use with their classes um, at certain times with their students. So my students, some kind of way, there was an overlap, and my students got pushed out of the room um, and were basically, we were just at, at will having to find, or me being in charge, I was just at will at the moment having to find a place to seat these children where they would not get distracted because, you know, they're adolescents. This is middle school, and I think they were like sixth grade, maybe seventh tops. Um, looking for a class to commandeer. We go downstairs. There's young white male um, to my left in my periphery, if I had to guess, between the ages of 26 and 29. And um, we're walking down there behind me, literally like ducks in a row. And he goes, 
where, where are you all going? And something in me turned around and, and I said, who are you yelling at? And he was like, who, who am I yelling at? Who are you? I said, well, who are you? I'm there. I'm there substitute teacher. So you can talk to me right now if you have an issue, but you don't have to yell at them like they're criminals because this is not a jail, sir. And then I heard the kids in like behind me going, oh, my God, did she just really do that with the principal? And for a moment, I won't even front. For a moment, I was like, oh, snap. But then some men me said, man, bump that. Bump that. You standing up for children who have no reason whatsoever to be pummeled like this. So I said, sir, I'm going to step to the side, and I'd like to speak with you really quick. I didn't know you were the principal, and I apologize for being unprofessional in front of these students, but I still don't agree with what you did. Now, what I would like you to do is tell me, where do I take these children right now? Because they've been pushed out of their classroom. They have nowhere to go. I'm in charge, and I may have to make sure I have positive, safe control of their uh, position right now. What do you suggest, the library or where? Y'all go, he doesn't address me. He goes, y'all go to the library and you sit in such and such space and you da-da-da. You come with me. The principal was a non-white black female who was inept. She may be a smart woman. She's a victim of racism. She shouldn't have had her job. Okay? I go in there. and She's like, what happened? Just wait here. He talks to her and he gives her the rundown. Then she calls me in and she says, um... I just I just want to find out really quickly, what happened? Who are you? What's your name? I said, I'm Miss So-and-so. I'm Miss Irie, and I've been here since 2000-whatever, helping these kids. I'm a substitute teacher. I'm here because I want to be. I don't have to be. I get money. Just want you to know that from the start. Now, here's the situation. That man out there that's your assistant principal just yelled at them like they were coming out of county, like a county prison. And all they were trying to do was follow me somewhere in the school because they've been pushed out of their classroom. And I don't see any reason whatsoever why that happened and why I have to stand in front of you right now and explain myself. There are eyewitnesses out there. Go ahead and ask them. So the point of me saying that, yeah, I kind of think that I have a little bit more than most victims of racism do. It could be because I'm from New Orleans and my essence ancestors really lived through me in that way but at the same time it's about justice and for me at that time justice was being direct and yeah I feel like it was being as painfully obvious as possible for you as a student it may be something as simple as stay in the question lane it may be something as a little bit more complicated as putting it in writing I'm having a difficult time getting through to you to um sorry getting through to you during classes, I'm trying to engage. I'm interested in the information, but I have some questions, and apparently I'm not using the right body language or saying the right words. What's the procedure to participate in your class and get that response in writing? And then it may get to a point, because you're a student and this is a person of power, if you're not getting the responses you need or the responses that make it productive and constructive for you, then it's time to follow, as we would say in the Marine Corps, the chain of command. Start putting stuff in on the email. Hey, I'm not, I'm not understanding what's going on. I've tried reaching out to the teacher. 
I tried what they said, or if they didn't respond at all, I'd like to have some type of uh, brief conversation about what's the best way to do this, because I'm certainly concerned about my grade being affected, and I also want to make sure I receive this information as best as possible and as clearly as possible. But you have to do what's in your soul. You have to do what's in your spirit, and you have to act on it when it comes. So that's going to require some fasting, prayer, and meditation, I suppose, yoga or whatever. But you're going to have to get really close to the source, really close to the universe, the creator of the universe, to know when it's time to speak up and how. And I hope I didn't take too long. But that's what I really wanted to share. Y'all have a great night. Hotep. Much obliged, Irie. Wow, that is, uh, I appreciate getting uh, lots of folks to corroborate what I said uh, about different ways that racists will sabotage us. Uh, Although, I mean, that is the extremes, childbirth and all, but I mean, widespread. I did say that this is not a, like, one time, not an anomaly. This is pretty widespread uh, throughout the plantation of the known universe. Uh, black self-respect in speaking up. I think it is super important. Uh, I think the system of white supremacy, in fact, does so much to to muzzle us. Uh, not saying that we need to just you know be talking and talking and talking. Uh, I am a huge fan of efficiency, so that you can use as few words as possible to achieve maximum efficiency. But certainly, speaking up, um, black self-respect to protect black children, black self-respect to protect yourself. Cause that's who you'll be looking out for most importantly, but yeah, always think that is system of white supremacy is trying to keep us on mute. Uh, the number again, or I guess before we get to the number, we have got four or five days to the election one. I don't know if this is related to workplace racism or not, but I went to the grocery store today and tried to get groceries to make sure that I could stay in the house uh, for at least a week and be able to cook, eat what I want, not have to go outside at all. I would encourage everyone else to do the same. Uh, It's going to be Halloween tomorrow. So with that, uh, it is allegedly supposed to be muted uh, because of the Rona, but I don't know. That's kind of an important one Uh, in the system of white supremacy. It's kind of glorification of tackiness. So with that uh, and then the presidential election coming up uh, like for reals in a couple days might be a really good time to hunker down. Uh, I think it is very high likelihood of criminal activity, regardless of who the victor is Four more years. But uh, it would be a good time to avoid having to be outside unnecessarily. Uh, If you are working from home, bravo. Get your groceries right now. Bolt in. Do some exercises. Figure out what you can do to be active while you're in the house. And I would just uh, try to stay safe and get through the next 10 days or so. Uh, If you have to go out, you're working at a location. I would safely get there. 
and safely get back home. It would not be a whole lot of uh, going other places, visiting people, anything unnecessary. Work home. Work home. That's it. Be like uh, Gus Fring from uh, Walking or uh, Breaking Bad, excuse me, uh, where uh, he'd work home. Work home. Nothing else. And even head on a swivel then. Work home. Again, we'll have a white guest on Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is the day before the election. Dr. Patricia Sias, a white woman. This is what she does at the University of Arizona. Talk about uh, workplace relationships. We'll discuss all that and uh, politics in the workplace. That is Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I say again, this is not the time for us to be talking about the election, who we're going to vote for, what we think about the candidates, none of that. Like if a white prick, as I've heard from a number of non-white people where they've said uh, non-white, well, excuse me, white people that they work with have just come up and volunteered, you know, their opinions about Joe Biden, President Trump, all of that. Uh, great. Fine. You can. Hmm straight out of the cone and even that you might not even have to give them that but this is not the time oh my goodness Margaret you know I have been waiting that President Trump and and that Joe Biden and and that this is not the time for that at all listen maybe ask a question we I do know some folks who say hey if you have been waiting they want to come in and tell you about their support of MAGA well then hey you might have a question or three great and then write those answers down but yeah this is not the time can't say it enough this is not the time for you to share your thoughts on any aspect of the 2020 election four more years uh let's see Miss Tien good to hear from you ma'am uh, did you have commentary? Not hearing you if you're... May I be heard? Oh, 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 got you. I was too too fast. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, so, uh, emails at uh, work. Um, I was having an email exchange at work and um, the... I forwarded an email out. It was a, a a list of people that were involved in the email. And so I got a reply back from the person, well, one of the person that was in the email traffic, and uh, she responded back to me with my incorrect name. And uh, so I replied back to her because she was requesting information. I repi- replied back to her, and uh, my opening of my email uh, stated that my name is this and not this, and uh, the information that you requested is attached. Thank you. Send out the email to her. Um, my husband, uh, on his job, he said that, uh, you know, he don't talk politics on the job, but they continue to uh, talk politics around him, even though he don't want to participate. And so he said the white woman on his job asked him, um, you know, who was he voting for and uh, that she should uh, be um, that the reason why uh, she he's not she's not voting for. um, Well, she said the reason why 
uh, she shouldn't think Biden and Kamala Harris should be uh, uh, chosen because she felt that uh, Biden is old and uh, they're just using him. So um, when uh, if they get in office, they're going to declare him incompetent and uh, she was going to take over. So I told him he should have came with a question, um, you know, what's wrong with her taking over, but, you know, he just said, um, okay, and just left it at that. Thanks. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) We, we, We will be broadcasting this Tuesday evening, uh, I, I'm, my memory is not good, uh, for two. Oh, it feels like 20,000 years ago. Uh, so I do remember we were broadcasting, uh, the night 2016 to give Dr. Welsing her kudos for being so brilliant, clairvoyant. Um, Dr. Rastayan called in and hung out. It was a blast. Um, but I do not remember the time uh, I have not quite adjusted to being on the West Coast, I guess, even though I've been here for I was here for both of Obama's triumphs and Trump like I should have got it by now. But I have not quite adjusted to being on the West Coast for presidential elections. So I don't know. It'll be probably a little bit later than our normal broadcast time because I have a feeling like the elections it's it's a later in the evening type thing uh, as like when they start to getting down to figuring out who might have won so it'll probably be like 7 p.m. Eastern excuse me uh, 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific I'm thinking that's probably the time that we'll be on but we will definitely be here to see like I said regardless of what happens the system of white supremacy is still in charge uh, and they'll be rioting and looting either way so hunker down either way but that sort of thing you know (sighs) yeah I wouldn't have a whole lot to say I might you know I mean you could ask yeah what's what what do you think would happen if if Kamala Harris got to take over? You could ask that one, but I mean, <laughs> like that's I'd have enough for my workplace journal that day. Like, wow, much obliged. Uh, yes, and we will. <laughs> I will I will not be surprised <laughs> with with what happens on Tuesday. Thank you kindly. And white people do experiments. Sometimes they do that sort of thing. They just want us to respond. They want to see what we have to say about, you know, President Trump. We're going to jump up. Well, I love Kamala Harris. Did you read our book? And that's my favorite member of the case. You know, Isabel Wilkerson says we got that in common. Woo. Anywho. Uh, other folks that we missed totally, if you have a hand up, proceed. Hello. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hello, this is Golden in Ohio. I have a couple of updates and a holiday-related, or horror day, as you like to say, related incident that happened in the past couple of hours, or 24 hours. I'll start out with my COVID update. Um, 
I was the one that talked about the plexiglass shield update. Still no plexiglass shield in our area. Um, probably maybe three to four weeks ago, the managers stop actively passing out masks. We still have masks, which we're supposed to get during our shifts, the disposable ones, because quite frankly, it's easier to wear the disposable ones than the ones on your made out of cloth. And you have to rewash and do that. And one of the ladies asked the manager and he said, since, I was told not or I was told not to give you one since you wear that around your face, which that is a bandana. So uh but before that when I noticed that they kind of were becoming lax, I took my cloth off and every day requested the disposable ones. So I've um done that whether I had some cloth ones or not. So my next inquiry will be to bring up do we still pass out masks? Is that that seems to still be listed on all these protocol reminders we get. Uh, what is the status with that? So that's an update with that. Our meals did end um, two weeks ago and the rotation was bringing people back. However, in our county, one of our counts, there's several counties that are increasing in cases, and uh, one of them being ours. So they have put a pause on the people coming back into the building, and they've made, left it up to the individual. And so they sent out communication. We do know for many who who can do their jobs remotely coming into the office has proven to be challenge, challenging. So they paused any rotations and you can continue remote working. Now these are people who remote worked, like I said, since March. So indefinitely they can just work from home. And if you want to come in, you can come in. Most people do not. With that in mind, I work with a woman whose daughter-in-law also works for the bank. She's been working from home as well as her husband. They have two children. One of them is on the autism spectrum. So uh, she always comes in and, man, she's got it rough so hard working from home. She's up till eight or nine because... Uh, you know, the son is at home and he needs uh, attention. And, you know, even though the husband and wife are both working for home, they just can't manage the kid. So what happened is they sent the kid back out to, and his services for school are two different places. So he goes to two places and he wound up being exposed to COVID at both. So they had to have him home and quarantined. So he's supposed to go back. And another issue that white people have working from home is um, 
they started looking for a new house because they both can't work at home. It's just too crowded. So these are the type of problems that people working from home have while we're not getting masks, no plexiglass, things like that. Next, our inclusion and diversity is continuing on. The companies created what they call bold goals. And of course, whenever you have an inclusion and diversity, you have to develop some type of council. So we have a council that explores and discusses and meets. And you know when they do that, they always come out with a report. So we got a environmental, social, and governance report. And that um, this describes some of their goals and stuff. I haven't read all of it, but um, more more awareness training. So we have another platform that we can go on now where they've loaded more uh, scenarios and training for diversity. So I'm going to look into that. And I did take a survey for participating in the very first one. So that's the update with that. Um, a fun fact I'm sure you'll probably enjoy. I hear in where I live, I attended high school and junior high at a sundown town. So that was very interesting. Our um, One of our vice presidents, they uh, sent something out uh, one day this week because they sent uh, – some of the executives to a uh, Smithsonian webinar about the Green Book. So they were so excited to tell us all the history of the Green Book. And I was thinking, you know, they mix in something about sundown towns and racism and all this stuff that went on in the city. No, they were just happy that somehow, you know, white people uh, built a hotel or sponsored it some kind of way for black travelers. Next, uh, just to echo with the observation, um, one day this week, uh, a racist suspect says to a uh, black guy, is that fashionable? She's pointing to him and he's walking by and he says, huh? And so she goes ahead and repeats herself, is that fashionable? And she's pointing at his jeans that he just cuffed up. He just had just a small cuff at him. And uh, so he gets real embarrassed and flustered and starts trying to explain why he's cuffed his jeans up, which is none of her business. But she says, well, I don't pay attention to stuff like that, and I'm not really fashionable, which, of course, is a lie because she's watched him. Also, earlier during this time, of us having to come in as essential workers, quote-unquote, they relaxed our dress code. So this gentleman was dressed nicely. I won't relax my dress code. And as a result, I know I'm watched. And, you know, every time I wear something, it's like, oh, is that new? Oh, you've got the cutest this and whatever. I, I mean, that's just something I'll have to deal with because the flip side is you have people that come in in yoga pants and you know, big sloppy sweatshirts and T-shirts, um, sheer leggings. They don't get, hey, is that fashionable or is that work-related? The guy who just has on a button-down and full uh, 
jeans jeans turned up at the cuff, he gets the, you know, interrogation. And I'll end with the Halloween disparaging handling of a situation. We have different shifts and they overlap throughout the day. So we know that Halloween's coming up. Yesterday, one of the other leads comes in. She works um, like Thursday through Sunday, something like that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And she brought in, excuse me, muffins, apple juice, and orange juice, and, you know, just set them. Everything was individually wrapped, and um, there was no congregating. It was just if you want one, you can go up there, grab one, and take it back to your area. Well, another victim who I believe she's in place because she typically mistreats a lot of other black people and, you know, tells a lot and starts a lot of stuff. She told a manager who was just coming in at 8 o'clock, he hadn't even seen it. So she goes and tells him something about this stuff setting out. He makes a beeline for the young lady, and then there's a big blow-up as far as what's going on. Now, about a week ago, a young white college intern passed out candy and made up these cute little bags and put a little thing, you've been booed and you got a boo bag and passed these out. She passed them out to management. There was no issue with that. Matter of fact, she was given the solution on how you can do this. The solution the black lead got was get those out of here or you're out of here in those words. So, of course, that started a big blow up. And to further make it not make sense, the same manager came around today and passed out candy to all of us. And when asked what was the issue with the muffins and the orange juice, he came up with something about saying the CDC said not to do that. And that's the end of my reports. Mm. I'm wounded. I am absolutely wounded. What is it, man? You've been booed. Say <laughs> it doesn't get any better than tacky. Oh my lord, that is the worst illustration ever. Uh, for why you do not want to participate in any of the horror days and the food component. I mean, not a pretzel, not a toothpick, not one sunflower seed. <laughs> am I giving out? Am I eat? Which say, get that out of here or you're out of here. That's how they talk to black people in the midst of the Rona. No, <laughs> woo. Mm. Call it blackmail privilege. Uh, caller in Florida, did you have commentary? I had more that I could have responded to that, but I just want to make sure we get the caller in Florida in. Uh, feel free to get your commentary in, sir. 
Yes, sir. Can I be heard? Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, just really quick. Um, I have a few reports I'd like to share. Uh, there was uh, there's a non-white person that was sharing the way she was described um, to uh, another person from the clique. Uh, they were talking about how people make their marriage license appointments. And she says, you know, I try to make sure I tell them if their appointment is at one thirty, just be there right at one thirty, So no one can say that I was wrong on something or because one time they called and said, yeah, that, that Mexican lady said the wrong thing to me. And I guess she, classifies Puerto Rican or whatever. So, you know, I guess somebody must have said that Mexican lady or that lady from Mexico. So, you know, they started laughing about that. So, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting. Um, the, uh, female black female victim of racism, uh, as she was leaving, I was on the phone with a customer and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I waved, I did a little signal wave as she was leaving. She said, yeah, you know, I'm not feeling too well. Uh, I don't know what it is. You might want to put on your mask. And she left. That was last Friday and came back in uh, on Monday. And she was uh, coughing and clearing her throat, right? So, you know, of course I had on a mask. Uh, the black female manager was, you know, kind of shocked by this. Like, why are you here? And she says, oh, I heard I was the talk of the office uh, yesterday, which was on a Monday. And this was on a Tuesday or whatever. And she was saying, yeah, something got back to me. And she, and then the the other black female was like, Who? She said, just know that I got them all. Uh, so the usual suspects, once again, the uh, the red hat wearing, they don't wear red hats, but that's, you know, the moniker I give them, the MAGA, Mean Girls Click, I think, because that's the track record. So, um, but she goes to fraternize with these females. Um but yes, yeah, she says, oh, but the way that they're carrying on in here, I'm coming in here no matter what. So the only way I'm going to leave out of here is in a stretcher. So, you know, I wrote all of that down. Uh, and in terms of the Halloween really quick, um, she came in with the shirt that says laziest costume ever on shirt with black letters. Uh, the racists, the, the females, they took this picture. Now they know this person comes in a little later, 15 minutes later. They all take the picture and she comes in with her costume and she's like, oh, nobody wanted to take a picture of what I had. So the white, room, white woman responds, oh, well, we already took the picture. You know, you're late. <laughs> so, 
so I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so like two times in one week. So, uh, and two last quick things, um, the the props and the tackiness. Uh, there, someone hung up a mirror that makes these comments like hocus pocus when you walk by it. I'm a witch. I'm after you, and it's loud too. It, it says like, hey, where are you going? Come back here, ha ha ha. And, you know, even the higher-ups walking past us, nobody even said to take this down. So the tackiness was on maximum level. Uh, and there was, someone had a black treasure chest. Everything was black. The chain was black. The skull was black. Uh, and it had these lights that illuminated from it. Um, and this person had it in our office, a supervisor. And it's like a voice saying, let me out of here. I'm begging you. Help, help, help. So I said, what am I supposed to get out of this? And she says, oh, you're supposed to be scared. And I didn't say anything after that, and I just walked off. And and that's all I have. Thank you. <sighs> Does not get any better then tacky and just for the record I don't think I have any stories associated like with any of the so called holidays where they had like anything uh, any type of event on the job I don't have any stories that are pleasant humorous like if you really you know beat on me I might be able to come up with one but I mean, overwhelmingly, it's rife with tackiness. They stole my candy dish. <laughs> One shot for Halloween. I had, I had Snicker bars and they stole the whole. In fact, they stole the whole candy jar. They brought it back and put like, it was not Snickers. It was like, uh, I don't know, something if you could think of like going to the grocery store and getting like. I can't even, yeah, something less than Snickers. Anyway, uh, what in the world? Like, look, just look at that with the last two folks, right, who dialed in. Now, I call in Florida, so they blamed the incorrect information at the courthouse on the Mexican lady. And that's funny. They have a good, that's a racist joke, kind of. Four more years. I said, I think last week I said Trump has got uh, Florida on lock. Ron DeSantis guaranteed. So then the woman is coughing and might want to put your mask on. <laughs> what? That Florida was a hot spot. And what they just said, I wouldn't be, I said, be in Toronto. She said, we we are officially in wave two now. And I said, man, I think I think we're still in wave one. Like I never really heard where that ended here. Like I just heard record numbers all summer long and ooh, we're almost at flu season. Like that's what it was. It was never phase one is officially done and whoo, glad we got like anyway, this one here might be contagious like at, I mean at minimum have you been tested like we're at the courthouse public might be coming in we don't want to be a super spreader right she comes back 
What are you doing here? Great question. Oh, I heard you all were talking about me. What? <laughs> Let's get back to question one. Like, <laughs> What are you doing here? Like, don't they have a protocol? Like, public health safety. We have children who come here. Families. Like, people with passports. They might be leaving the country. Like, what are you doing here? Totally skip. That's what the white guests on the program do. Doesn't even answer the question. Oh, I heard you all were talking about me. Hmm. Oh, don't worry. I've got them all. People report like what? She sounds like the white chick who was uh, running experiments. Like, I mean, all of that is, you know, worthy of being written down and documented. Like, absolutely. But I mean, <laughs> question one. What are you doing here? Like, don't we have some sort of protocol? Like, man, super spreader. Be at home 14 days or where is your Rona test? Like, Jesus. <laughs> Anywho, this is Florida. That was a hot spot. Like I said, uh, the laziest, like all of the, in every, all of my associations, maybe save for one. Doesn't get any better than trifling. So they come in, white person, lazy costume, her, her, her. Okay, okay, okay. Nah, white person. Hey, I would like. Oh, you're late. You're late. That's what it is. I'm on. Really? I'm on CP time? Really? For the. I was here all day. You saw my costume. Nobody wanted to. But she just comes in. It's not even a costume. And the, oh, yeah. Let's, let's get. It doesn't get any better than tacky. Except. It could be terroristic. Now, the black fella we heard from uh, Golden, Ohio, that's what they say, a battleground state. If that's in any indication, oof, might be trouble for Biden. <laughs> might be might be trouble for Biden. I'm not sure. Uh, but black fella brings in muffins, juice, more water. Uh, but has it, you know, separate? individual little container thing and you can take it go on your way get that out of here or you're out of here she said now they had a white intern who went around and gave out trickery you've been booed generally it doesn't get any better than tacky laziest costume ever <laughs> like tackiness about that's why I said like they are probably still going to be doing you know a lot of what they toilet paper your yard like what is the constructive value of any of this he said you walk by the thing and it yeah ooh, let me out of here. what is this oh it's to scare you ah. <laughs> isn't the Rona scary enough like do we really need any other frights right now they're talking about people might be rioting at the election. Like, do we really need anything else to jar me right now? We got coworker is coughing in the halls right now. We can't even figure out what she's doing here. And I got to come by and look at this too. Man. So they got uh golden. She told us they got the, uh, <clears throat> the bold goals. It doesn't get any better than tacky. 
And then they talk. I thought white people are ignorant about racism. They want to talk about the Green Book. Not that that's, you know, unimportant. We've discussed that before, not to trivialize that. But I mean, sundown. How can you talk about the Green Book and not talk about sundown towns? There would be no need for a Green Book if you didn't have sundown towns, white people practicing racism, white supremacy. That's why I said for all of those dialogues. Now, now, that might be a question. The Green Book, speaking of literature, are you all familiar with James Lowen's Sundown Towns? He mentions this book, too. That might be one. They might even pay him $10,000. They got all that about diversity training. But they might. They might pay him $10,000 or $50,000 to do a Zoom conference and talk about the book and put some penises up. We didn't hear from anybody. Maybe we don't have anybody that has that much power who is able to expose themselves on the job and not be fired. Not that much blackmail privilege, I reckon. I reckon not. Uh, Let's see. Man, speaking of blackmail privilege, she mentioned Golden. They had the black male who had his pants cuffed. Uh, Incidentally, she mentioned uh, that they relaxed the uh, dress code, which I've heard a lot on the job. I would wear the exact same thing I always wear. I would not change a loafer, not one sock, not one blouse. I would wear the exact same thing I normally wear. No change. This is not altering my wardrobe code at all. And that is one illustration right there. I said before, It is extraordinary the type of surveillance that we're under. And I just don't think we recognize that non-white people, myself, even the system of white supremacy is at its core. I mean, surveilling non-white people. That's what white people do. Edward Baptist, he talked about that on the plantation. Have you to have you with that feeling that you're under or that you're under surveillance, even when you're not. Frederick Douglass talked about that too. Cowbell. Uh, <clears throat> but the clothing aspect, I mean, to watch every little thing that you're wearing, that you're doing, like, oh, was that fashionable? In fact, Red in Ohio, Golden's neighbor, she said the white woman asked, oh, wow, where did you get your breast pump? I've been noting each daily when you go in to pump. I can't even go and extract breast milk for my offspring without you monitoring with a microscope taking the, oh, what brand pump is that? What is she on? Okay, got that. Okay. She spent about that. That's what we have in the system of white supremacy. All of that to say that tacky exchange, that's another one of those. I might not say a word. I'm walking by. Is that fashionable? Is that fashionable? And just keep right on rolling. Like, I don't know. We've had a few folks who said that where a white person has come and they're just saying random things. Are we doing crossword puzzles or some sort of strange uh, jigsaw that I've get through word jigsaw that I've got to try to decipher? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, keep it moving. We've got other things to deal with in the universe. 
uh, and particularly around clothes. That's why I said my code would be I would wear and I said this before the Rona. I'm just emphasizing with the Rona, there would be no change. But I mean, I would have like five of the exact same shirt, exact same slacks. Now, it doesn't have to be that simplistic, that base. But I mean, literally, you just have this is my work wardrobe. I'm not coming here to look cute. I don't have. Oh, I'm wearing my new t- out new color and a nerp none of that for the workplace I have my work wardrobe and it's going to be the same thing boop 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 this is just what I wear to work I'm not trying to look cute for anybody here I'm not trying to show off my abs or anything else while I'm here work wardrobe I'm not wearing a whole lot to call attention very what they call it conservative dress because you being a victim of white supremacy, you already will have a whole lot of racist attention on you. You do not. It's kind of the same thing. You coming in. Oh, is that a new watch? What? And the whole time, this coon got a new watch? What? We are paying him way too much. This is. I don't even have a new That's what we have. Even It doesn't even have to be that you got a new watch. Just It could just be that you got a, a regular uh, new outfit. Nothing, you know super flashy not custom made or anything just it looks nice what we said before you don't eat Cheetos all day long drink you know Coca-Cola all day long you actually drink water so you look fit in your clothes like what what is going on coming in here look I'm that's what we have so just from that alone I I would never ever I'm not gonna sit here and have a conversation about my wardrobe where did I get these pants? Where did you get that skirt, those shoes, that makeup? I don't even remember. Let's get back to work. Like I said, I don't compliment anybody about their attire that even goes for non-white people. Just make compliments about the work that they do. Like we are not here for a fashion show. Like that's not what the attention is supposed to be on at all. And you end up with a lot of tackiness we talked about some of that before you have race soldiers they come out oh, look so great your little melanated sun outfit get out of here anything else I want to make sure bold goals oh and the white people's problems they they can't give out masks but they're struggling and looking for a new house because they don't have enough square footage for everyone to comfortably work from home. So we're just going to buy a new house in the middle of the Rona. And apparently a number of white people are doing that because they have said that home sales are going up. So apparently a number of white people have come to the same conclusion. Yes, we will have to get a new house. That will be our treat or our misery for the Rona, we will have to upgrade our, our residence, need more space. With that, we will be here tomorrow, compensatory call in, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We got extra OT uh, workplace racism today, and we will have extra workplace racism uh, Monday and a white woman. It will be fantastic to present some of these uh, situations. Man, Uh, to her and see what she says about holidays, unwanted touching, like we got a whole big list of things. Man, if you would like to get input 
from a white person who studies workplace dynamics. Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Dr. Patricia Sias, white guests only, white guests only. We will be here Monday. Before all of that, we'll be here uh, tomorrow, compensatory call-in. And as I said, we will be here Tuesday. I am a little confused about the time because I'm just, I'm not sure about all the election madness and everything. But I think, you know, 10 p.m. Eastern, I think by then it should be starting to solidify. So we'll kind of watch it conclude. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday evening. We'll be here and do the election, see what happens suspense not really uh i do will say again though hunker down try to go to the store get supplies so that you don't have to be out i heard some cows listeners uh said they went to the gun range purchased a gun purchased ammunition whatever you think will help to keep you uh safe uh if you are in the states i guess if you're elsewhere in the world that's not you know maybe not a concern but in the states Lots to think about. Uh, At minimum, I would have some safety plans and not be gallivanting about over the next 10 days or at least next four or five days. See how things are and proceed after that. But I try to get supplies in the hard day. Like I know the Rona, but there's still probably going to be a lot of unnecessary madness over the weekend with the Halloween and all that. So, yeah, would be a good time to hunker down, get what you need and, you know, do some cook as B said get your entrepreneurial spirit on think about how you can earn an honorarium or do something constructive Uh, we'll be here in about 24 hours Uh, much obliged for everyone's participation hope it was worthy of your Friday evening sobriety would be best especially this weekend like man they will probably have sobriety checkpoints out that is also something that goes with this madness so uh, I I would hunker down for many many reasons over the next seven days absolutely avoid anything that even looks like it could be some sort of public confrontation exit immediately it's nothing to think about nothing to talk about goodbye try all this another time could be armed could be armed lots of armed people cows listeners even said they got guns lots of armed people Man, very dangerous times as predicted. Uh, Many, many outlets. Be inside. Tell your offspring, people you care about. With that, uh, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person no name calling no name calling (laughs) might have low patience but no name calling we will try hard she said she said her co-worker uh miss tn's husband said man i'm scared that that Joe Biden, he's old. I didn't think Trump was that young, but that Joe Biden, he's old. He might die, and then that Kamala Harris will take Trump. <laughs> Four more years. Cow signing up. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's brother. Your problem? You're a victim. Uh, I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up.
The man has programmed my condition. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>